This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves the FA Cup. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Now, there is still something very special about the first weekend in January. Traditionally, when we play in the first round proper of the FA Cup, if you get drawn against a lower league uh, opposition, even more so. And so it proved on Saturday as Chelsea welcomed Chesterfield to, the, to Stamford Bridge. Now, these games can be a massive banana skin for clubs like Chelsea. So it was a relief that Chelsea showed no mercy in the first half, putting four past the non-leaguers with a plomb. Uh, they were more charitable in the second half by fluffing most of the chances, with half the team substituted and one, only one orthodox defender on the pitch. But only the most myopic and cold-hearted Chelsea fan would have begrudged Chesterfield's goal, which sent their 6,000 travelling fans into rapture. Chelsea's bonhomie did not end there, though, as the club invited 235 Chesterfield Academy players and 30 coaches to Cobham for coaching sessions and free tickets. A classy touch. And talking of classy touches, the star of the show for Chelsea was Lewis Hall. At 17 years and 122 days, the youngest player to start an FA Cup game for Chelsea, playing out of his natural midfield position at centre, left back, Hall put in an assured display with three assists to boot and showed yet again the depth of talent at Cobham. All in all, a great day out and the magic of the cup is alive and kicking. But sorry, Chesterfield fans, we are the famous CFC. And the uh, title of tonight's show, of course, as appropriate, is We Are the Famous CFC. Chelsea Fancast number 867. Good evening, Jonathan Kidd. Good evening, David Chidgy. How the devil are you? I'm devilish, Good. devilish. Good. I, I didn't hear them sing uh, the Carefree song. No, me neither. I was really disappointed by that. Yeah. They sang, um, rather confusingly, um, Keep the Blue Flag Flying High. <laughs> really? Hear that? Yeah. Maybe that was to were, piss which, us off. 
they're allowed to do no i don't think so i think it it, it didn't it didn't come as a kind of uh, um you know slapping us in the face with a with a with Wet a, kipper. a a glove of uh, yeah of possible confrontation it was uh, it sounded as if it came from the heart so mm. um they sang very well it was it was uh, entertaining the the uh, romelu lukaku into milan stuff was was amusing and uh, um they occasionally sang you know um this is a library and and uh, where were you when you were shit which i sort of uh, you, you, you expect because it's it's something that just comes out of and what was it five nil and you still don't sing despite the fact that ever the crowd was singing anyway but um uh you couldn't begrudge them that it was a, a fantastic effort from their supporters and uh and they and they loved the day out but um i got slightly curmudgeonly about the fact that because i'm afraid chidge i i fall into the bracket of the you are my opposite before, my, my, before yeah. you tell us what a curmudgeon you are, for those of you unlucky enough not to have seen the latest fan bite, who have we got on the show tonight? Well, I, 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 can I tell you what a curmudgeon I am after I've introduced? Yes. Them? Thank you very much. Um, uh, a, a couple of um, instantly recognisable, fantastic um, uh, writers and um, supporters and uh, um, purveyors of wit and charm to the Chelsea fan cast. It is, of course, the Smut Buddies. Um, it is, of course, um, Tony Glover and Alex Churchill. Or sure. Alex Churchill and Tony Glover. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, you've got to get that one right, actually. She's far more important than, than everything than me. Better looking at everything. Everything I haven't got. <laughs> There's so many potential gags in that answer, Tony. I'm going to step I... away from it right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, we'll save them I, I don't have it either. Yeah, we have to, we'll save them up for the pub. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, JK, why are you curmudgingly this time? Well, because I was one of these players who... One of players. <laughs> one of these, one of, hey, one of these supporters who begrudged them their goal. And oh. uh, oh. was saying, yeah, I did. I'm... I'm uh, I, I, I am... Um, I'm a, 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 a what did you describe us as as myopic and what cold-hearted what? mate I wrote cold it with, I wrote that cold. I wrote that with you in mind because I did <laughs> see the fan bite and I have to say I know we will talk about it later but I'm astonished mate because normally it's you who are, who are the great romantic about football and tell me of its great history and traditions and it's me that's the nasty piece of work and I felt genuinely fluffy when I saw that I thought oh, fair enough because that lovely Dave we had on on Friday all he wanted he knew he was going to get stuffed. All he wanted, all he wanted was, you know, to see his side score a goal before we all said, fuck off out. You, you've, you know, you've had a day out, now fuck off home, you know? <laughs> yes, but I, I, um, I was too annoyed by the performance. I'm too annoyed that our 97 million all right, pounds... All right, all right, all right. We're gonna, that's the show, so let's let's stop there and then do it. All right? <laughs> well, I'll, speak, I'll, I'll do my bit now and then I'll... No, no, you won't. We're going to do it when, I'm, when I want us to do it. Anyway, oh. on the show tonight in part one, we applaud a fine debut by Lewis Hall and Chelsea getting the job done with a minimum of fuss and Tuchel getting the opportunity to give some much-needed rest to key players. Uh, in part two, we discuss the curious case of Lewis Baker. Uh, the great football moment when Chesterfield scored. There's going to be some arguments tonight, I can feel it. And Chelsea's classy act of generosity, plus the downside of some iffy performances from Pulisic, Werner and Barkley. We might have some agreement there. And we look ahead to Chelsea's next opponents, which I'm very excited about, which will be the visit of Plymouth Argyle. Uh, in part three, we've got the results of this week's fannies for the Chesterfield match. 
and some emails to read out and a look at the Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League. Oh yes, because we've ignored that for, for a few weeks and I thought it would be nice to do it tonight. And in part four, we round up the show with our preview of the Spurs versus Chelsea Caribou Cup semi-final second leg on Wednesday night. Uh, and as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live. Every Bye. Monday, every Monday at 7pm by going to mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat, as so many of you like to do. And I, uh, goodness me, there's uh, there's Tony Glover in the house. Who knew? Mm. He can he can multitask. It's amazing for a bloke a of his age. <laughs> yeah, well done, bloke and age in there at one go. Hey, oh, that's good. Well, I can't think what the hat trick might be. I'll think about it. We've, we've also got my, half the bloody fancaster in there on their night off. I love this. This is brilliant. Mark's <laughs> in there. Claire, Rob Coombe, so many, so many. Uh, Pierre is in there. Oh, it's fantastic. Anyway, you know what to do. Get in there on a Monday night at 7 o'clock and have some fun. We will be having some fun and JK and I will be having a bit of a row after this very short break. Before JK and I have a row, uh, I mean, I want to talk about the team selection, JK, because I know it's, it's kind of our thing, isn't it, now? We kind of do that. Uh, but I, I then want to talk about Lewis Hall, because I think I think to, to not start the show off tonight by talking about this kid would be just remiss in the extreme, because he was so damn good. But, I mean, we actually we actually got the team pretty, pretty spot on to my utter amazement on Friday. I mean, we didn't we didn't know Lewis Hall was going to play. That was, you know, we got that wrong, didn't we? I thought we said that it was going to resemble the Brentford game, in which case we got it completely wrong. No, no, no. I, I mean, I'll tell you what. We we, we, we got Hudson Odoi, I think. Might might be wrong there. Yeah, you got that one. Yeah, Christensen. Yeah. I said, you know, because yeah. I didn't think he Ash- said we said Dave would play. He didn't. Yeah, uh, we got that wrong. Uh, yeah. Saar, we said was right. You know, Kovacic. I didn't say would start. No, we uh, thought Simons might play. Yeah, and I was bang on with Lukaku. Yeah, so, you were yeah. well. Well, no, we we can I can I can I say I was bang on with Lukaku. You 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 hinted he might. I said no. I think you're playing. If it makes you feel better, I I, I don't have the capacity here, like Talksport, to rewind exactly what was said. But I know what was said. Okay, so I didn't say it. No, That's I you, now. You, you did you did you did say it too. But I said he's absolutely nailed on to start because he's still on the naughty step. Don't you remember? No, we, we in fact both said we thought we'd love him to play because we thought he'd score yeah. four against them. Yeah, we, we were in agreement we, about Lukaku starting. Let's, let's not split we, hairs this early. We thought that Pulisic would, um, uh, might get a rest. And, uh, and, and we thought that uh, um, uh, our, our, uh, our Moroccan friend would play. Yeah, and he did. And, uh, and he did. Our Egyptian. Yeah, Moroccan, yeah. yeah. And he did. Um, but otherwise, we didn't get Hall at all. He was completely off the radar. Well, we thought of the kids, uh, you know, Simons yeah, and yeah. Vale might get a start, like like Brentford, which is where the Brentford idea came in. But but there yeah. we go. Let's let's talk about Hall because I mean I I do remember that we we kind of, I I don't know if you said this or not, but I do remember I certainly didn't know really anything about him at all. I've suddenly 
uh, su- subsequently found out that he in fact is a is a central midfielder and and there he was playing you know left center back but i'm i've got to say i mean you know I, in my in my scrawly notes what i do uh, you know when i'm watching the game uh, i just thought you know very impressive in defense timely tackles good distribution and passing he's got pace he can stick a challenge in and with his head and he's capable of joining an attack um a couple of other stats about him chelsea chadder of course good old chad got in there first before the club in fact the idea that he's 17 years old and 122 days and therefore the youngest player to start an fa cup for chelsea he's also set a new record he's wearing the number 75 which is the highest shirt number ever to start for chelsea what a wonderfully completely worthless stat that is um and uh, I could talk about his, uh, his what he said afterwards. I'll, I'll I'll save that. But you know, Tony, um, like me, I suspect you didn't really know much about Hall. Or am nothing. I being a bit presumptuous? No, no, nothing at all. I mean, I'm one of these people that doesn't tend to know too much about some of the. You know, I've, I've spent years with my mate down the pub bending my ear old about um, our great academy, and I can go back fifteen or twenty years on that, um, and him telling me about all these fabulous players that have actually come to nothing. Um, so I kind of switch off a little bit when it comes to them. Um, my, my interest is peaking a little bit now because of some of the results we've seen coming through um, that are kind of, they're, they're placing it not in just a conveyor belt for income as we, you know, sell players on and, 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 and what have you. Um, I mean, he looked, to me, he looked like a, uh, when he walked out onto the pitch, he looked like an absolute rabbit in the headlights. And I thought, oh, I mean, you know what I mean. He look, I mean, honestly, Tony, he only looks about seventeen. Well, that's what I mean. He's he's seventeen, and he bloody well only looks it. It's it's like one of those, like the days when you know you pull your window down and a copper pulls you up, and you think, are you the copper son? <laughs> yeah. Or when you go to see your doctor and you find out that they've you know they they barely hit puberty, you you kind of think to yourself, what the fuck happened here to my life, you know? Um, but to be fair, uh, number one. You cannot ever knock, and I go back to the days of, I think his name was Frank Blundstone, who was uh, he was a utility player. And I think we had another one who was similar to that, and Bjarne Goldbeck, who I really liked, um, the guy we got from Copenhagen. Players that can play in a number of different positions and don't fucking moan about it. In fact, relish the challenge. If he's that, boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, we've got a little talent there. So I'm really happy to see, uh, you know, I remember the fuss that was made over various players over the years that never came to fruition, um, to, to see this guy and played so maturely. You know, that's that's the thing. You, at that age, you must be, whatever any, however much professionalism you have drummed into you in training and all this sort of stuff, you are still a fucking headless chicken at 17 years old, right? The, 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 the desire to run around like deal with a dog from the herbs, okay. Yes. One for teenagers, eh? I'm Dill the dog. I'm a dog called Dill. That's it. Yeah, must I'm be. I'm Bayleaf the gardener. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I would. So I'm, I'm, I was deeply impressed. I mean, it's fantastic to see at last. And this, let's be fair about this. I think this was all started by Frank, the through, through no choice because we had the transfer ban and all that. But to see some faith being put in the youngsters um and that being that must be being tacitly agreed at board level because i think before previous managers may have wanted to try it and have been prevented to do it in order to satisfy agents and big name stars mm. 
JK, you had you had your hand up. Well, there were two things. First of all, um, I don't think it was Frank Blunston, Tony, because he played right wing. He, he, right. Plays, he just played right wing. Of, there was one that was described as a utility player. So Marvin he, Hinton. Yes, right, exactly what Marvin. I was about to say, Chidge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they moved him around all over the place. Known as Lou, bizarrely. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know why. <laughs> Lou, Lou Marvin? Perhaps because he was portable. I don't know. Oh, um, very good. Oh, thank you. Um, but um, uh, also, I wanted to work out why Vale was was uh, unveiled as the the biggest number Chelsea have ever had, and uh, at sixty eight, and there suddenly there he is at seventy five, um, Hall. And uh, what about the other seven players in between sixty eight and seventy five? Who are they? <laughs> I think it's Where are they? Come a bit, I'd like to know all about them. It's come a is bit random, the... hasn't it? I think. Isn't oh, it? Yeah. You yeah. just pick a number that's bigger. What is it? But Do you reckon say... they all fight over sixty nine? Yeah. I mean, they're seventeen year old boys. I would. I would. Perhaps, I would. Fight over it. perhaps it's banned for, for hey. them. Perhaps yeah. it's you know. Hey. And yeah. you say my mind is in the sewer. And perhaps somebody asked for six six six, and they weren't allowed that. Well, I mind. mean, that's the thing. I'd, I'd, I would like to be the first football player to have three numbers on my shirt. That would be yeah. cool. Yeah. Maybe they all just want to sit on the end of the row together because that's why Terry was twenty six, wasn't it? He? he wanted to sit next to Zola in the changing room. Is that what it was? Yeah. So mm. maybe they um, all just pick high numbers so they can sit together. Yeah. And it's boring. The, the high yeah, numbers. No, yeah. They were a great band before they came yeah. became the Who. Came I believe became the Who. Yeah, indeed. But, um, can I just? You echo can. The, you can. The sentiment that um, I thought he was great. I thought he had a he had a he had a wonderful debut. And um, uh, as you say, um, uh, slick, um, lovely, lovely ability to he rid tackles beautifully when they were coming in and flick the ball around and. Uh, um, you know, he said he's obviously got a long way to go, Tuchel said, but uh, for the first appearance in a blue shirt at first team level, it was, uh, it was great. Absolutely phenomenal performance and, yeah. uh, and hugely enjoyable to see somebody come in and be so good. I mean, really fabulous, fabulous thing to see the, the youth. When they come in and play well, you just absolutely love it. Don't you? I think the, the, the best, the most brilliant thing about this is, is that, you know, the boys that come in from the academy... You know, they, they, none of them. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I, I was, I was, uh, uh, you know, moonlighting on London is Blue yesterday. Sorry, chaps. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But anyway, I'm, I'm just, bitter. I'm, I'm bitter. Just, I know, I know. I'm just a tart. I can't help it. Anyway, um, your but, draws, but, your draws are halfway down at the moment. They're, they're, they're keeping my ankles warm, JK. In this weather, yeah. you need it. But, uh, yeah. you know, I said to them, I can't, un and I'll say the same to you just because they didn't have the answer. You know, I don't have the answer. I'd love the fact that you might. But, um, you know, before before we had to play kids from the academy when we had a transfer ban, which, as Tony was saying, Frank did very successfully, la, 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 la. When when we saw kids come through the academy, and I, I, I picked picked on uh, Loftus-Cheek last night, but he wasn't the only one, but they all looked completely out of their depth. They looked like yeah. academy players who, who shat themselves if they touched the ball. And yet we'd all seen them play for the youth, and they were brilliant. Yeah. Right. So, how can that change from what they were like then to what they're like now? Then every time we've seen an academy player come through, they've they've. They, I mean, like I said said on last night, uh, London is blue. He he looked like he'd been playing for us for ten years, for God's sake. So, what has changed to make that happen? Weirdly enough, a, a mate of mine was said he'd watched him play a few times for the youth, and he hadn't really done much. So when he put him in, he said he was surprised he played so wonderfully because he'd just been part of the team. He wasn't doing anything exceptional playing for the youth when he watched him. But, you know, it, 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 there's something about the way that they, um, the environment, the contact with the first team, there's obviously something that is working that didn't work before. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that Mourinho was pretty anti the youth and they were separated very much away from the first team. Alex, um, what did you think of uh, good old Lewis Hall and his performance? I mean, he, you know, apart from the, the brilliance of his play, he, he also had three assists, didn't he? I say this in a good way. I forgot he was there yeah. because, like you say, he didn't stick out as an academy player running around shitting his pants, uh, considering he was out of position as well. Uh, fantastic. Like You don't notice that they're in amongst Lukaku and Kovacic and that. That's good. And he looks he looks quite quite weeny. I mean, it's hard to tell. I, I, I confessed to people I wasn't there uh, on, on Saturday, so I had to watch it on the box. But... Uh, he looks quite diddy, and, and I mean, and yeah, he he came, he came in with some really commanding, towering headers, and he he likes a tackle. I thought, bloody hell, this is great, you know. So, it not only did he, uh, you know, fit in very well, Alex. He didn't shirk a challenge either, did he? No, and we like that. We like shit housery. You can only aspire to become Rudiger, but we like shit housery. We do indeed. Now, uh, but quickly, point to yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My fear is that the. All the, the youth coming through puts great pressure on the low knees um, just because uh, you suddenly think of the huge abundance of talent that we have now. But that's, can you we know, just... Like, there's an Ampadu. We were saying all this about Ampadu, you know. And what about Conor Gallagher? So where does he sit now with Chelsea? If, if he doesn't come right back in, in the, in the, you know, after the summer, I'll, I'll be astonished because yeah. that kid's but got But we talent. also need that to happen with a player like him so that the low knees don't feel like they've been cast out. As yeah. well, it's just is... a different way into the first team, but I, and that's good. I, I have a suspicion, you know. I mean, I, I take Tony's point, um, but Tony, Tony, a bit like me, does like a tinfoil hat. I know that, uh, <laughs> but I, I think that you know, I don't think this is necessarily a board edict uh, at all. But I, I actually think that what we've got in Tuchel is a very pragmatic manager, and also he did have a track record at Dortmund uh, with bringing kids through from the academy there and playing youngsters. I think he's very much, you know, if you're old enough or if you're good enough, you're old enough. And I think if, if you know, you, you can't look at Reese Mount and, uh, and Mason, sorry, Re- Mason Mount and Reese James. You can't look at them as saying, oh, well, Tuchel played them because they were already established as first teamers when he turned up. I mm. think you you look at Trevo Chaloba, who just yeah. ha- happened to be uh, with Chelsea in pre-season, Tuchel thinks you can play. I'll stick you in. Stick you in for the Super Cup mm. final. Play brilliantly, and he sticks him in again. So I think if if you're all there, and I think you know to go back to your point, Alex, you know when the loanees are back, you know everybody will be there in pre-season, and if you're good enough, he will play you. I don't think he has any qualms about that, and I think that's brilliant. Mm. And I know we're going to get to him later on as well, but if that even counts for someone like Lewis Baker, who is is better travelled than I am. Um, and has been everywhere and he can get on the pitch after eight years, then that's good because that's a proper meritocracy. Well, it is indeed. Um, Tony, one of the things that I, I mean, you know, we, you, all of us really, um, e- even Alex to a degree, have been around long enough to have seen Chelsea slip up on on, on the classic banana skin that is Chelsea in the FA Cup playing against a, a lower league team. So I, I always watch these matches with a little bit of nervousness. Are you know? Are we are we going to do you know what Arsenal did yesterday? To much hilarity. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I couldn't resist. I saw my my old boss today, and she's a big Arsenal fan, and she said, "Don't talk to me about the football." I said, "All right, all right, all right." I said, "You were I, rubbish." I did love the fact that the Forest fans were singing Champions yeah, of Europe. You you'll never sing. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, Chelsea did exactly what they had to do. They came out with intent. They scored very, very early, and then they killed the game off really with the second and third, yeah. having one after the other. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't worry. I used to be petrified. Um, probably up until, do you know, ironically, up until the Bradford one. Um, because we, we, we <laughs> it, I, I go back to, I think, defeats against teams like Scunthorpe and people like that, you know, in the dim and distant past where um, the FA Cup looked a million miles away from us. Um, but, you know, I think ever since 97, of course, I think we've, we've, we've fared pretty okay. Um, you know, even if we got our asses kicked in a final by United or whatever. So I don't really worry about that too much. The, the Bradford one made me laugh. That, that genuinely made me laugh because that was, that was one of the biggest uh, kicks up the arse, bring you back down to earth games ever. Yeah. We deserved so, it on the day. Yeah, you're 2 nil up. You, you, think, you know, that, 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 was, that was almost akin to sort of, you know, um, uh, whoever got that night in bloody... Uh, was it Inter Milan sitting in the dressing room with their cigars lit and drinks going before they AC, go out? AC, AC, AC Milan, yeah. Um, it was akin to that. So I think you know, every now and then it's good. It, it don't, we all love a giant killing. You know, if it's on, on anybody else, we love it. Um, and the Bradford game, I I actually laughed. I actually thought, well, that'll fucking teach us then a little bit. This game, I wasn't so worried about, uh, and simply because I think. Um, there's a level of professionalism now um, that if you if you blip against a smaller team, it is absolutely something's gone wrong. Um, and, and when you see the preparation that goes into the games, the the fact that um, I'd like I'd like to see us be as ruthless against other teams where we've had as many chances, um, uh, and I include Premiership teams in that, obviously. But um, yeah, it, it, it's reassuring to know that they're going out there completely professional. They're not getting overwhelmed by the fact that there could be a giant killing. It doesn't seem to enter their heads. And to be fair, when you look at the, the, the recent FA Cup, I can't remember the last time a non-premiership, was it Millwall against Manchester United? Was that the last time a non-prem team got to the final? Um, yeah, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, so I think, or, or, hang know, on. Was it, was it, was it Cardiff? Cardiff Palace. against Portsmouth? Portsmouth, that, uh, yeah. Was, was that, that West Brom? I get yeah. confused. don't know. But I, 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 I so I don't, I wasn't worried about it. It was, it was, it was a thoroughly professional performance. It was. I, I wish I'd been there in some ways, actually, at the game because it, it sounds when you get these lower league teams bring six thousand people, you know there's going to be noise, that they're going to be uh, raucous, they're going to be great fun, you know. And I always go back to the days. I mean, they were in the Premiership time when when Blackpool, um, and we were beating them five 0 I think, by about sixty minutes or something when they were in the Prem, and, and they were singing. Um, we're going to win six five, us, uh, and that sort of stuff. I love that. Yeah. That's what it's that to me is the, the best crack of all. So yeah. I'm really pleased that we did a job, um, but I'm also pleased that that they came and, well, and, and had a game of football against we'll, us. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about you know the joy some of us got from from Chesterfield and all of that. Ooh. But uh, <laughs> I mean, to, to, I mean, I thought I thought you know the goals are quite interesting actually. I mean, as I said, Hall was involved in three of them. Uh, great run by Kovacic uh, for the first, uh, appalling shot by Ziyech, and even Werner couldn't miss from that far out. Uh, and then I thought the, you know, uh, again, uh, I, the, I thought the Hudson Odoi goal was another it was a great goal, but I do wonder uh, if, uh, if, a, if you know, a Premier League cl- quality keeper might have kept that out, and, and certainly a defence might have done because they would have come at him and closed down the space. Um, brilliant by Lewis Hall for the third. Uh, the way that he went down the left again, he was looking to attack. He looked like he'd lost the ball, but he didn't give up on it, and he won it back and put a great cross in for Lukaku to tap it in. 
And he was involved in the fourth as well with the the keeper, you know, saving his shot, but just basically the way he parried it, it bounced up in the air for Christensen, who I thought, you know, did very well with that header. It was quite cute to head it over him. And then, of course, in the second half, uh, Pulisic got a, a pretty obvious pen and Ziyech bashed it away as he does. I mean, obviously, it's all very different in the second half, uh, Alex. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave uh, the the. We're just the warm up act for J.K. here, so that's why I've gone to you first. <laughs> okay, but, uh, <laughs> I was you know, like, yeah. <laughs> we're fluffing for J.K. You and me, Alex. But anyway, yeah. I yeah. mean, second half, different story. I mean, my view is that you know, it the the game was won. Tuchel clearly needed to make uh, changes to rest as many players as he could. I mean, the fact that we ended up with one one defender on the pitch because Baker and, and and Hall were either side of uh, of Saar really says it all. So the fact that we looked awful in the second half for much of it and we fluffed chances as we always tend to do, it didn't really worry me too much. I think it was more important to get to get some rest. But the reality is Chesterfield drew the second half 1-1 as one of their fans reminded me today. <laughs> yeah, fair play to them as well. Like you say, by that point... Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I'd been sat near and off the bench, I'd have been on the pitch as well, um, because he was just reading people off. Uh, I'd, I think it's interesting that City did it as well, didn't they? They started really strong, and then they ended with part-timers, whereas other clubs tried to do it the other way around mm. and failed. So, yeah. JK, um, you know, just for the record, we, we took Kovacic, Lukaku, Pulisic, Christian and Hudson-Odoi off and brought Cheek, Havertz, Bark, uh, Baker, Vale and Barkley on. But tell, come on then, let rip. I, I mean, for those of you who've seen the fan bite, you've only had a taster of it, but I, I know you got the hump about it, but I'd love to know why. No, I I, I think it was a very good statement of intent putting um, um, more first-team players on because it, it did what he wanted it to do. I just thought the, the manner of doing it, I thought, was just absolutely awful. You know, I just thought Lukaku was terrible. I mean, I, I despair. I really despair of this situation that, you know, he, he plays out of his skin against Aston Villa and then he plays very well the following week. Um, who did we play? Um, Brighton. Brighton. But even though we, we and it scores a good goal, but he was bullied by the centre half. And and I, I just thought, is he trying? Is this what what's this about? What is this? He just looked absolutely out of his depth, for goodness sake. And that's why they were singing. The Inter Milan, you're Inter Milan because he it looked as if he wasn't really trying very much. And I, I, I and I know he scored an easy goal. I know they scored great goal. As you say, Adoy's goal was great goal, fabulous goal. It's that thing when you're watching and it, and he's he, he gets to the edge of the area and exactly the same. I thought well in the Premier League somebody would have been on him immediately and blocked it or just tackled him. And you thought he can see the goal. I can see the goal. It curl it in and you'll score. And he curled it and scored. Great, great opportunism. But even he stuttered all over the place. Pulisic, invisible again. I know he's having to play bizarre positions. but He did end at right back the other day. He did, he did, he did. And I, I, I feel sorry for him as a consequence for all of this. I feel sorry for him. But you have to remember, we're playing a team from the National League. And all right, we scored four and we put it out of... And, and Kovacic was great. This Kovacic played at the level that you would like all the team to play. And I really would like them to have got a cricket score. And I, I just because they can and they're champions of Europe. And this is my my problem is my yardstick is that they are a fabulous side. If you've got players playing and they're not playing well and they don't look as if they're really trying, 
It really pisses me off. I don't care who they're, you know, or it, it, just, it makes it worse they're playing a National League side. And yes, all right, the, the, I, I think I would have been more charitable to them if I'd thought, OK, we played brilliantly in the first half. He's now taken them off, given everybody a go, and they've scored a goal. But that goal they scored was absolutely typical of the goals we give away this season. The ball's hoofed up in the air. Somebody challenges for it, misses it completely, gets headed on. Somebody's quicker than somebody else, it, uh, and it's crossed, and it's a goal. We've seen that. You know, Jorginho's done that. It, it's, it's the same mistakes being repeated by everybody. And also the complete inability of putting the ball in the net in the second half. I completely... You that, think, that's what I have a massive problem with, actually. Yeah, joking. yeah, but this is... Repeat, I just... It should have been nine... You should have been 10. You know, we're going, well, they got a good goal again. Good on them. Yes, absolutely good on them. They had a great day out. Wonderful. The club, the club's 260 tickets and, and was brilliant. The club are great at that kind of thing. But on the pitch at the moment, I'm I'm just a bit, I'm a bit bemused about what is going on with some of the players. I mean, Cheek came on and really didn't, you know, there's an opportunity for you. Come on, pull it out of the bag, score a great goal, have a shot. You're good enough to do that. Didn't do it. Um, um, uh, Barkley, it's just absolutely ridiculous playing Barkley, who passes to the opposition, is dithers about, is caught in possession every time. Why doesn't he not just not play him and give a youth an opportunity to play in that situation? This has become absurd. Just repeat the same errors all the time. So here am I. Here am I. Yes, all right, it was good to get him out of the way with the four goals because we were a much better side than at the beginning. But I just don't want to see the same mistakes repeated. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why this keeps happening. Why do we have to see Barkley come on? Is it because he hasn't got enough? I suppose it's because of COVID. But I suppose it's because of injuries. But why is he so thick that he cannot get it into his head? Just quick passing. He was good enough. What's happened to him? So, I, I you know, I'm... I'm that's why I was dissatisfied with it. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm being churlish to Chesterfield, but it's not, we're, we're not about, you know, giving, it, it, it's not about, um, it's not a charity. It's a professional football club who won the, the Champions League. So we put these teams to the sword, then you bring them on. In the second half, you hope that somebody scores a few goals because they're good enough. Havertz just missing and missing. Zayek missing and missing. Everybody pissing about in the penalty area. Oh, God, oh, what an opportunity to score! You're playing against a yeah. team from the National League. Yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought. You know, I agree with that. What you said about uh, Ziyech and uh, Havertz too was very wasteful, and Werner was just classically oh. wasteful, either being offside oh. or hoofing it over the bar. Oh. Uh, still, still running after the football like it was uh, like a Jack Russell running after a te uh, after a balloon. Uh, but Barkley was just irredeemably hopeless. There is no future for that player. Alex. Yeah, in defence of both of you, I've seen numerous people who aren't nappy shitters say that is the worst performance they've ever seen out of him. Yeah. Um, how long was he on for? Ten minutes? Something like that. I don't yeah. think he had long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just... It, you just despair. I mean, you really do. But there you go. Um, I'm, I'm more worried, actually, about, about Pulisic, who, who obviously got a start. Um, I mean, we, it seems to me that we're saying this every week, and I know that there are plenty of mitigating circumstances, and they were again yesterday to a degree. He started at uh, right right wing back, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, he was marked out of the game. But again, you know, marked out by who? A National League player? You know, I mean, 
come on, there are levels here. I really fear for him, Tony, because I like him. I really desperately want him. I want, I want the player back that we saw before that FA Cup final against Arsenal, but we just haven't seen it, and I'd love to know why. Yeah, um, I'm very close to the end of my um, patience with, with Pulisic. I, I, number one, I think a player who's has apparently made a, as, as of glass as he is, is a liability that you end up carrying. I said the same about Robin once, and boy, did he shove them words back down my throat. But I don't, I, I don't see Pudisic approaching anything near uh, the quality of, of Robin. Uh, I certainly don't think he's anywhere near Eden Hazard. Um, I think, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not a great student of body language, but his body language, his, his expressions, apart from when he scored the goal the other week against Liverpool, he, he doesn't look happy. He doesn't look like a... He, he reminds me of whichever one of the loud drops we had playing for us. Was it Michael? Um, who came to us for a short Brian, while. Brian, wasn't it? Brian, was it? And he asked, well, I remember watching him score that belt against player. Middlesbrough. Uh, and he just looked so unhappy. Oh, he was. No, but, um, and I, I get, I'm getting that from Pulisic. Uh, you know, with a, whether it's because he's not an automatic first-team choice, whether it's because of the rumours around other players coming in, um, whether or not there's a you know a, a general problem because he knows he's made of glass, um, I don't know. But I think the, uh, whoever it was, I think you, you just said you know to be marked out of the game, to be anonymous. You know, I'll go back to what I said about Lewis Hall at the beginning of the, of the, the fan cast. He looks like a player who would be um, over the fucking moon if you asked him to put a yellow shirt on and go and goal, right? Like, he would not fucking argue about it. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll give it a go, or whatever. Um, and I know Pulisic is getting moved around from pillar to post and all this sort of stuff. But at that kind of level, I expect players to to, to be okay with that and to get on with it. And I just, it's a consistency problem with me. His goal against Liverpool was fabulous, well taken, but there's a consistency issue there. And, and he's part of that problem about not sticking the ball in the net, because you remember he had a golden chance to go around the keeper against Liverpool, and he fucked it up. And I just don't see enough from him. Uh, so I, I think, you know, there's, there's one or two players, that if, if they were leaving, potentially not in January, because I don't think we've got the... the, the no, the, nobody's going in January, Taylor. Resources or whatever to, to, to do that. But um, if they said to me he was leaving in the summer, and I've got, I'm sad to say, it, Loftus-Cheek and a couple of others, I'd say, yeah, Barkley, yeah. obviously. But um, I just think there are players there with, um, with bolts loose. I mean, picking up on all of your of your, of your points here, it, it is quite alarming, really. Uh, I mean, it sounds a bit churlish to say this, having scored five goals yesterday. But, you know, as Jonathan, I think, to be fair to Jonathan, I think he, he rightly points out, and I think a lot of what JK had to say was, was really, I mean, it's not, you, uh, you know, you might not want to hear it, but it was on the money. I think, you know, JK's the a future Chelsea manager in waiting with an attitude like that, actually. But uh, <laughs> they'd give him a rocket. But, I mean, it is worrying, isn't it? When we look at all of the all of our attacking players, Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech, uh, Werner, uh, Lukaku at the moment, uh, Havertz, Pulisic, Mount, you'd put him in there too. Not one of them... Uh, seems to be able to put the ball into the back of the net frequently. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it, apart from that period that we went something like 20 games without scoring a goal in 
what was it 79 or 80 jk i don't know yes yes but i mean it is odd isn't it what what is going on i mean oh. you can't blame tuchel for that surely he's not bloke kicking the ball. did you see that viral thing that went out from the club yesterday um and it was just a tweet that said goals 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 of the people they're, they're on the training ground and they're just shooting for fun at the keeper and scoring and i i, I, just, I, I wanted to go back and say what the fuck here what's that about because they're not doing it on the fucking pitch yeah right and, and look you know my i've said to you before my frustration with the modern footballer um it's not enough of them are like mo Salah, who's a greedy little shit right but he bangs goals in yeah, we we get in there and we get players who just like you think fucking have a crack. Well, even Test even Lukaku was Yali passing the other day, yeah. wasn't he? What the fuck are you doing? Why are you looking for that extra pass? I don't want yeah. art on a plate. I want you to hit the ball, smack the keeper in the face, and send him in the back of the net with a fucking ball. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want you to do. J.K., you were making a point about Luca. Sorry, I think. sorry, no, I was just I was just agreeing. Just, sorry, but you're right. I think we say it all the time, don't we? And and no, we were know, talking about Viali and Hughes yeah. as well. It's they hit, hit the ball early. That was always the, it's yeah. a sight of goal. And it's you have a shot. It's a sight yeah. of goal. That's that striker's view, which I thought Lukaku was about. I thought that's what he was about. See the goal, sniff of goal, you have a shot. It's on target. They, that's the other thing about Viali and Hughes. They were on target an enormous amount with these shots, even if you just sting the goalkeeper's hands. Exactly that. Very rarely did the ball go, you know, 25 yards over the bar or anything. It, it's, it's, it's that... It's that um, it's the selfishness, but the the precision and the incisive ability that that those strikers had, and they've got. I don't get it why with it when they get into a match situation, they take an extra touch, they dither, they yeah. pass back, they go wide. Um, there were a couple of examples of players getting to the edge of the penalty area um, with only the goalkeeper, with no players in front of mm. them, and almost robotically playing it wide. Yeah, and and I was thinking. You didn't look. You haven't looked at the goalkeeper. Right. You didn't look at anything else. You didn't look at the goal. Your just first instinct was to play it. Yeah, it's got to. They've somehow got to get rid of that instinct. They've is, got to start is it, is thinking. This, there's the goal. I'll have a dip. Is this this awful, very Arsenal-like walking the ball into the net syndrome? Yes. Yeah, I think it's partly that. I think it's also this, you know, trying to put it onto their better foot. You know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I was never a professional footballer, but when I was a kid, I used to watch this program. It was 26 every day, and it was George Best, five minutes of George Best flock of football in class. It was on BBC, I think, or whatever. And from that, he did he did one programme where he showed you how to play with both feet, just passing, running up and down a pitch, pushing the ball between your left, your right, left, right foot, left, right foot, then shoot with your right, do it again, shoot with your left, until you were confident enough to do it. Right. So there was, can you imagine George Best in his prime thinking, I've just got to get this onto my better foot. No, you can't because the bloke would just have a go. If it missed, it missed. But, it, you know, I just think, yeah, you're right. This is, it is a bit of fallout from the old, especially the old early Wenger days of where you rarely ever saw Arsenal cross the ball. Rarely ever saw it. If they took a corner, it was a fucking short corner, which I hate short corners. I would ban them from the fucking game altogether, right? But... And a quick free kick as well. Get the shot of them now. Fucking plague on the game they are, right? But this walking the ball into the back of the net, this instinct, as Jay Case is, to just sort of automatically, robotically think, there's a player to the left or right of me. Instead of thinking, fuck me, I can lob the keeper, I can smash it past him. At the very least, force the keeper into a save, it might push the ball out of somebody else, but they don't. They don't. And it, you know, it, it, it's an indecisiveness. 
it's almost that's what it looks like it's almost like they're in they're caught in two minds kind of bit of cognitive distance left uh, distance left foot right foot left foot oh fuck me he's taking it away with mm. I mean Werner nearly did it for the first goal he seemed to be standing there and you're thinking there's a man coming in then he, then he just tapped it in because I think somebody must have said to him just fucking put it in you know there just seems to be the, the dithering and hesitancy and I, I don't think it's just us um but I think we are one of the top culprits for it. Yeah, I mean, City have their moments, although they obviously score goals for fun. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of... I, I don't. I mean, I think it's... it's. I, I don't know. I, I, the only theory that I've been able to come up with, Alex, uh, recently, which is very unlike me to come up with anything even remotely intelligent, but, you know, defences, I think, are, as we know, are very well organised, uh, you know, very, very well coached. And it's interesting the number... I mean, the number of times you see defenders racing out to block a short or closing down space, they seem to be much better at it. So I wonder if a lot of these coaches say, you know, don't waste the opportunity by just having a speculative shot because you're likely to just get it blocked. And of course, the other thing that we see is that when Chelsea do try that, the shot gets blocked and it leads to a counter-attack and invariably a goal. So maybe mm. the coaches have some element of this is that you work the ball until you're absolutely certain of scoring. Well, do you think as well, so many teams play off for the counter-attack against us as well? We do nothing, 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 and just bank on getting one. So bank on not conceding and then getting one chance at a counter-attack and smacking it in. It Manchester means United that, apparently did it against us. Yeah, we're susceptible to people that just hang around and wait for that counter-attack opportunity. Um, so do we not? want to give them those opportunities well, so it's about it keeping possession it yeah cuts down the stats doesn't it if if the stat is that if you have a shot and it gets blocked and then goes to a mid, one of their midfielders and you've only got two back the ball's up the other end you know uh, as as quick as you like and so perhaps that's the that is dinned into them it's yeah. caution isn't it it's yeah. caution yeah. not to give it away more than i think it's caution not to miss a chance and i suppose a header isn't likely to be headed out with a great deal of pace so the player and you might then be able to to challenge for the bouncing ball in a way that you're not if the ball is hit and then just come straight out quickly yeah and if you pass around on the outside of the box yes it's fucking annoying to watch and if you're stringing together 20 passes that just go around the edge of the 18 yard box but while you're doing that they're not counter-attacking you at yeah. the other end are they yeah that's a very good point yeah so there we that's go the line, no me neither it's I mean wanky. don't get me wrong but someone, someone who values an XG stat, one of those kind of people, has sat there and figured that out. Yeah, yeah. it's all very curious, and as I said, it's not the football we grew up with. But that's not to say that it's not right. It could also just indicate that we're all old gits, but uh, and we've already established that some of us are curmudgeons. But uh, I do think that uh, <laughs> I do think that that discussion has elevated J.K. to be the next Chelsea manager, and me, Alex Tony, to be his trusty assistant. So there you go. Thank you for, for, for... Can I be that hearing. lovely guy that we saw, JK, that just jumps up and gets really excited every time we have a corner? Because that's his thing. Um, except it was really sad because he jumped up and got excited right near the end of the uh, the Tottenham game. And it wasn't a corner. It was a goal kick and he had to go and sit down again. It wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be that person. And I will be the supplier of Smarties. There will be no more... Oh, I got given... I got Sorry, given Mr. Some. Kid, there are no Smarties. No, I got given some period. by the chef. Did you? <laughs> yeah, deliberately. And the and the woman who runs the area said to me, they, they did not have them. He he get he has bought them out of his own pocket, the money out of his own pocket for you. For you. Oh. I said, Oh, sweet. Thank you. That's so much. And I gave him a hug, which I think was possibly too far. 
but know. the fact that they actually have those American import brownie M and M's was quite impressive. Oh, as well. Phenomenal, <laughs> quite phenomenal. Well, my, my daughter, my daughter came and uh, absolutely loved them. Loved those brown brownie smart. What is it? Smarty M and M. M and M but they're brownie flavour. And I thought, yeah. no, it'll be it'll just be their shit chocolate with a bit of flavouring. It's not. Good. It's a chocolate brownie inside an M and M shell. Well, there we go. This has gone down a, a route that I never thought possible. <laughs> uh, you know, my intelligence, which is rare indeed, followed by a chat about American imported Smarties. Whatever next. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's next. A quick plug for the ye old CFC UK fanzine. Uh, I think uh, there's a new one that's out just recently. Uh, I, I don't. I'm, I think I've received mine in the post. I can't remember anyway. Bottom line is, it's the world's greatest fanzine, and it has some brilliant writers in there: Kelvin Barker, Mark Worrell, uh, Walter Otten, Clayton Dean. I would hesitate to say me in that category, but you know, Tim Rolls, loads of great writers. It's well worth a read. Um, and obviously, you can get it on a match day at the CFC UK store. But if you can't, if you're not lucky enough to be at a game. Do not worry, you can subscribe to this great piece of work and uh, you can have a season subscription for 16 quid And uh, if you're in the UK and that means each copy will be sent to you for the price of £2 each. And uh, you go to fanzine.cfcuk.net in order to uh, sort your subscription out. You can pay by PayPal. Uh, if you're in Europe, it'll be 35 quid. The rest of the world, 45 quid. If you don't want a proper, a proper physical copy, you can get a PDF of it emailed to you and the season subscription is six quid so there you go get on it right after the break uh, we'll be talking about lewis baker uh chesterfield and uh, all sorts of lovely things that happen for them um and uh, of course plymouth argyle coming up next in the fa cup Chich. jk in all the years you've been following chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Up for us. Real fans, real opinions. 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is Stamford Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast and, of course, the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Less curmudgeonly now, thank you. <laughs> yes. Now he's had his smarties. He's had his smarties. Yeah. Everything is wonderful with the world. And, of course, we've got the lovely Tony Glover. Yeah, good evening, bonsoir. It's good to be here. It's good, nice. Yeah, good to see you. And nice and uh, Tony's regular partner in crime, the absolutely delightful and wonderful and highly intelligent Alex Churchill. Sorry, Alex can't come to the phone right now. She's too busy <laughs> laughing at Arsenal. <laughs> Brilliant. I knew it'd be fun tonight. You haven't let me down once. Bit like Lewis Hall, you've not let me down. Right. Um, okay, I've got to talk about this because this, this is, I, I think, at once a beautiful story and yet a very sad and tragic one, really. And it is the curious case of Lewis Baker. Um, now, from what I understand, he was going to play for us in the Brentford match, but he sadly went down with COVID uh, and wasn't able to. Uh, but he did. He did get us. He did get on yesterday um, to make his first appearance for Chelsea in eight years. Um, he got three minutes against Derby, apparently, in two thousand and four. I, I did actually pick up a wonderful. Uh, 2014. Sorry, 2014. I can't read. Good, good spot, Tony. I can't read my <laughs> bloody right. Uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Meehan or Eddie, Eddie Mac B A W A, who's in mix at the moment, said something brilliant on Twitter, which I caught yesterday. He said he was at he was at that Derby Cup game, and apparently Lewis Baker came on for Oscar with three minutes to go, and that was the day that Mikel scored. And a Chelsea fan had tweeted, "If Mikel scores, I will get his name tattooed on my bum." And he did get the tattoo done. So there we go. Thank you for sharing that one yesterday, Mark. Um, just to give you an idea of, of what's been happening in the world of um, of Lewis Baker, uh, and, and why, in a sense, this is quite a tragic story. I mean, he's just had the most ridiculous amount of loans uh, imagin- imaginable. Uh, I, I mean, to think that Jose Mourinho actually uh, had him down as a potential England player at one stage, you kind of... Get a get a re, you know get a sense of, of of how how tragic it is in a sense that he's you know kind of being forgotten bypassed dumped call it what you will now I wrote this down uh, on my script somewhere and of course I deleted it like a complete and utter mm. pillock but uh, don't fear um, not so what the list it's right at the bottom of your script is it there's a, there's a graphic with all his clubs well that's what I thought yeah. Would, I, would you like me to read them for you? Yeah, could you do that? Because I, I don't think it, I don't think it made it on my copy. How yeah. weird! Clearly didn't save it. So yeah, can you do the honours? I will. Let me just. I'm just scrolling. Oh wow! Okay, Phenomenal. so Lewis Baker has played for, uh, beginning with a loan in 2015, Sheffield Wednesday, MK Dons, Vitesse, Middlesbrough, Leeds, Reading, Dusseldorf, and Trabzonspor. Which is an insane, isn't it? I mean, he's what twenty six now. It says that his loan with Trabzonspor was from uh, from June to December, so it ended. So he came back at Christmas time. So he's not been hanging around doing bugger all for the season so far. Uh, it looks like he came back previous to uh, just just previously to getting looked at for being used. So. Uh- Thanks, Alex. That's brilliant of you. And I don't know what happened to my copy, but there you go. But um, 
I mean, it's a it's a curious story, isn't it? Because on the one hand, it 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 it, it, it saddens me because, you know, it, Lewis Baker is not the only one. There's plenty of other, uh, you know, great well academy players who were heralded as being potentially great players who at a time when Chelsea had managers and under the pressure they were under had absolutely no interest in bringing the youth through. And they were it was like past the parcel, like Lewis Baker. Uh, on the other hand, you know, one, one... I mean, I think therefore it was really lovely of whoever at the club, Tuchel, I suspect, to allow him to have some minutes, actually, because I think that... I don't know, it just seemed really special to me, JK. I was wondering whether or not, in fact, he, he has watched him play and rates him you wonder why they got him back why did it not it didn't work at the Trabzon score clearly or perhaps they they asked for him to come back in view of the fact they needed other players I don't know what the situation is with him um uh, and I had no idea that all these the, the large amounts of money were paid for loans I mean when he went to Leeds um it it, it cost uh 4.95 million didn't it so um so that they could keep him is that correct is that what that is saying you do pay a loan fee yeah a loan fee yeah but uh i thought in fact that he would play regularly at leeds i thought because that was going to be his kind of and then they would buy him because i thought he was highly rated but then he came back then he went to reading that whether that worked that was 4.5 million so it's been descending the payment has been descending so you wonder whether he's uh he's been considered as not the player he was but then Tuchel brings him in and clearly rates him because it gives him a go. So he would, if he didn't think he was any good, he wouldn't have given him a game, would he? I don't think I don't think Tuchel's sentimental at all, Jake. I agree no, with you. Now no. I, Alex did want to come and say something, but I, I I didn't see her in time, and I went to you, Jake. So sorry, I'm gonna sorry. no no my fault, not yours. Alex, you first, and then Tony, because I know Tony wants to chip in. Just to say, I know like it is sad for Baker, but I always think if you are the likes of Nathan Ake or Nathaniel Chalabar, mm. and you miss that transfer ban by what two years? You got to be gutted, haven't you? Mm. How different would their careers have been? Because mm. they were on the fringes, despite youth not coming through, and also Tammy Abraham as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it does strike me. I mean, but that isn't that isn't that like life though? You know, all over. Yeah. You know, opportunities. I mean, there's got to be what a hundred guys that don't make it and don't fulfill their potential what's the stat in Chelsea Academy they expect one in 200 boys to make it all the way through to the first team the fact that we've got half a dozen of them at the moment is an absolute miracle mm. so more fail than make it I, I I kind of expected Lewis Baker to come through um and, and that came down to a, a very fine article written some years ago by the mighty Joe Tweeds who did a whole piece on Lewis Baker and his attitude because he was, you know, being loaned out and various things like that. And it, and it, it sort of struck me that when you read the interview and, and what Joe would, because Joe had actually been, it was, it was, Joe had actually interviewed him and, you know, sort of talked to him and his, his dad and all this sort of stuff, that he was a very uh, level-headed young lad who knew that, you know, he was going to have to do the hard yards in order to, to get to that. But I just wonder whether he's like, like Alex just said, you know, there's one in 200, there's a few going to slip through the net. And I spent, like I said earlier on in the fan cast, years with my mate down a pub who watches, used to watch the old Chelsea TV avidly and watch every youth game, every single frigging game that involved Chelsea from whatever level he would watch. And spent years, years and years in the pub telling me about the, this great player we've got coming through, he's going to be this, he scores this, he does this for fun. And none of them did. 
Mm. Well, look at Sam. Going, you know, Ruben's lost his cheek. Knee let him down. Yeah, Ruben's lost his cheek was going to be, you know, the the, 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 the uh, uh, another Johan Cruyff. Well, yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, what I would say I about... I it to my mate, that's what I'm saying. Oh, right, right, right. That. Well, look. He, 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 he was so enthusiastic about so many players. that In the end, I just used to sit there and shut him down in the club. Yeah. So I'm not interested well, because it's not happening. But it, well, it, in those days, it wasn't, was it? Although, I mean, I feel really sorry for, for Loftus-Cheek, actually, in the same token as I kind of feel a little bit for Baker, although it's very different cases, isn't it? Because Baker never really got a chance. Whereas Loftus-Cheek, I thought, you know, had all that pressure of being the only one who was kind of making it through. And he was brilliant in that year with Sarri. He he finally looked like the player that we'd all seen at youth level. And then he got that stupid injury in the match that should never have been played on a pitch that was not fit for purpose. And it's really... And he was there, wasn't he? He was so almost there. Yeah, well, he yeah. was. I think he was there, Alex. That's the point. I mean, yeah. I, I saw we all saw a lot of him that year and he looked a hell of a player. And he looked like the player that we knew... Uh, that he was from having watched him in the youth days. And then his whole progress has been retarded as a, as a result of that. And of course now, and this is the point, you know, I wonder how many of these chaps have kind of missed the boat. A bit like JK was saying with the, with the loanies uh, who are out on loan at the moment, seeing these new patch of kids coming through, doing really, really well, getting an opportunity, you know, and will they, will they miss the boat? And has, has Loftus-Cheek missed the boat? I mean, he's 20, 26 in about a month's time. You know, he's not, not a promising youngster anymore, is he? Well, it's, it's the like kid of Brighton as well. Did they lose some of them? Will lose patience. Some of them will do the loan thing and then come back, and then they won't see their way into the first team, and we'll lose them. I can't. Sorry, I've forgotten his name. The one Lampty, Lampty did that. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And and Liveramento as well. And yep. I'm just thinking about Ampadu at the moment, who we all thought was fantastic whenever he played, and yet he seems to have gone out. He didn't do himself cover himself in, in glory playing for Sheffield United. None and, of them did, uh, though, did they? None of them know, and he's come off. He's you know he's he's off the radar. Yeah, yeah, and there's plenty plenty more where that came from. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, look, I think bottom line was the sentimental side of me just thought it was really lovely for Lewis Baker to get a chance. Really, to I mean, I think the other <laughs> thing is, you know, people people on the outside looking in wonder why we get all kind of misty eyed about you know players coming through from the academy. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because. You know, you see these kids, and I mean, we mentioned it on the show the other week when we played Liverpool about Mason Mount wandering around like an angry wasp because he was fucked off that they were losing because he's grown up with his club. He's been there since he was eight, as a lot of these kids have. They bleed Chelsea like we do. They care about what happens there more than a footballer that we've paid £100 million for who's turned up and to earn his money. So it's, there's a, an affinity that we have with these kids because you know, there is a similarity in, in attitude. So... You know, I love it when they get to play. And I loved it that Lewis Baker got a chance yesterday because that's what he's dreamed of. And it's lovely to see a kid's dreams come true, Alex. It is because I think arguably more so than 17-year-old Lewis Hall with his quotes about how it's meant the world to him to come on and everything. I mean, surely it means more to a 26-year-old who's thought five, six, seven, eight times that his chance has passed him by. Yeah. to run yeah. out at Stamford Bridge. Or maybe he's just sick of us now and it's like, I can't wait to get away from these arseholes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally right. Well, look, talking of dreams coming true, um, I have to say, I th- I don't know if JK would be a good judge of this because he was there too, but I have to say, I thought that Dave, uh, you know, Dave Garrett from uh, Legends of the Spire who came on on Friday was one of the best guests we've had in Opposition View. I thought he was a lovely chap and it was lovely to get a bit of an insight onto a very old and historic club who have fallen on hard times. 
and uh, he he desperately you know wanted to see Chesterfield score a goal. That was all he was really asking for. He knew he'd get. They, he knew that they would get humped, and he was right. But he just wanted to see them score a goal. And you know you could see that the. I mean the fans just went absolutely apeshit, didn't they? And it was great. I have to say I thought it was a great thing to see. The players absolutely loving it as well. They've scored against the champions of Europe. I don't know. There was something. I think that's what the cup's all about for me. That is the magic of the cup. You know. It it sometimes there's things that are, are, are that that transcend the actual football on the pitch and the result, and I thought that that exemplified it the other day. I've got a lovely quote, J.K. Uh, from uh, from Spy, our old mate Spy. He said Chelsea supporters' applause for the Chesterfield goal was the loudest I've heard for an opponent at Stamford Bridge since Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank equalised for Charlton here way back when. I remember that I was at that. Now. I, I mean, my sentiments are, you know, fair play to them. You know, the, I've got no animosity towards them. Fair play. I get that it's a bit of a dream and all of that. But it's really kicked up quite a fuss. A lot of people, have, I mean, not you, I don't think necessarily, JK, but a lot of people have been very curmudgeonly about it, them scoring a goal, them us, us not really worried about them scoring a goal. Some people applauding okay. it. Have so, they J- ever watched the game of football, for fuck's sake? Well, exactly. But <laughs> I, I saw your comments on Twitter, mate. So, you know, there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who saw your comments on Twitter, Tony. They were they were that loud. Anyway, JK, what do you think? Um, uh, I hate opposition scoring against us. I don't care. Don't be that are. guy, man. Don't be that guy. You know um, what, though? I kind of... I love him all the more for admitting that he's that guy. Yeah, I know. You can't, you can't, de- I can't deny that, Alex. Exactly. No matter what happens, he in like is now in his sixth decade of going to Chelsea and is still like, no, I want to fucking win. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. I want a clean sheet. Yes. I don't want them scoring. I don't want them the cheering in the bastards. early end. The I don't end. want them having a great time. <laughs> I want their noses rubbed in it. We're the champions of Europe. We have to play well. And we have to score 10. I want them to be eviscerated. There's some really dark shit going on. I'd love to be your therapist for a while, mate, and find out what that's all about. But, you know, look, I, I, I've seen it before because you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to single JK out here. It's easy to do on the show tonight, obviously, but I don't mean to. Well, no, I, because I, I have no, many, I I, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have many, I have many friends who are exactly like you, JK. So what I'm, the point I'm making is you are not some weird, weirdo isolated in this argument. Actually, I think you are the prevailing view in, in, but, in but, my but also, company. Chid, as I've said, I think if it was a decent goal or a goal that you thought, oh, that's a bloody good goal, they scored well there, I would take my hat off to them. You know, I'd say, blimey, you scored a good goal there. It's like when we lost to West Bromwich. I didn't go uh, last year. I didn't go, oh, my God. I thought, fucking hell, there were some great goals there. There were some worldies there. It's not surprising we, you know, I was disappointed. But you you sort of, you go, oh, all right, that was pretty good. The fact that it's booted up the pitch, missed in the lights, Somebody heads on, somebody misses it, somebody knocks into someone else. You go, no, please, this is pathetic defending, for fuck's sake. And then they tap in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't bear it. Did you not even feel a little bit fluffy for, for our new mate, Dave, who, who, who all he wanted was to go home having seen his side score a goal at Chelsea? I think the thought may have vaguely crossed my mind for about point one of a second but did, uh, did Sopwith put lemon in your tea at half time or something yeah. or, did he, or did he just piss in it they gave him M&M's instead of some, M- some salts in it and I was having diarrhea and, and, and we wonder why Hollywood picks Britain's, Brits as villains <laughs> I can be a perfect villain wouldn't he I think, I think JK's kind of 
you know, in his in his later years, is definitely going for the Terry Thomas, no re, you know, reincarnation. You know what? They played like an absolute shah in the second half. Stinkers, <laughs> yeah. stinkers, just, the lot of them. I could just see him as a James Bond villain, not explaining his plan for world domination and just killing him. Fuck off, James. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd have I to mean... have a cat, wouldn't I? I'd have to have an object to stroke. Bronx, you can borrow Bertie. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I, I don't know. I'm, I... I'm allergic to Bertie. But never mind. Uh, do you know what? I, I, I personally, and I and I hate everybody, as we all know, uh, and uh, I, I, I can't, can't stand losing, you know, and I want to smash people up every day of the week. But I have to say, I, I, I thought, fair play. I, I, I just thought of Dave. I just thought... You know, he was a lovely bloke. It was great having him on the show, and I, it was I, great. And it I just thought that's all. He, that's all he wanted. You know, he wanted to have a great day out, sing like mad, really just go for it, and see his see his team go over the goal. And I thought, fair play, good for you. But I, I, I mean, honestly, I get where J.K. is coming from because I have a lot of mates. Cheltel, probably the most obvious one for those of you who are listening to us when we were in black and white. I mean, <laughs> Cheltel would be, you know. I mean the most. I mean, he makes Jonathan look like the happiest person in the world. I mean, J.K. was miserable to the T. You know. I mean, he wouldn't. He would, if I had him booked for a show right on a Monday, if we'd lost on the Saturday, he didn't want to come on the show. You know, he was like, you know. So I get it. I really do. Listen, if we can't have a bit of decent bonhomie for Chesterfield, you know, doing really well and scoring an actual goal, then I think we can certainly applaud what the club did, which I was really very proud of actually i mean magnificent yeah magnificent well just 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 for those who don't know i mean basically what chelsea did was that they invited a group of 235 players and 30 coaches from uh chesterfield's academy uh to come down to cobham on saturday have loads of coaching sessions have a, a really lovely day in that environment they gave them all free tickets to the game and I just thought, what a class! I mean, you know, for a club that's apparently got no class and is 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 you know in the toilet most of the time, according to other fans and the media, I thought, what a classy thing to do, Tony. Well, you see, you and I actually were all old enough on this fancast, even the delightful and beautiful young Alex, to know that good news doesn't fucking sell, right? No one comes on the news and says, hey. hey Headlines tonight, something really good happened. No, fuck that. They'll find a way of spinning it round into something bad. They won't, you know, I, I I, don't really jump into line with the whole press and media um, agenda against Chelsea because, um, you know, I've got friends of mine who are support other clubs who say they feel just as fucking shit and just as bad about the way they're portrayed. Um, and I think if, if all the fans are complaining that um, the media and the press have got an agenda against their club, then they're probably getting it just about right. Um, however, um, yeah, I, 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 I do think that that is the sort of thing that, you know, you, that is the sort of thing you would expect to have seen on Match of the Day because they do their little community bit, don't they? There's usually a little, art, a, a little uh, article or whatever you want to call it in there that says, you know, out, out with the, you know, at the hospital or whatever. Um, and I've never seen Chelsea on it, never seen Chelsea on it. So you do wonder whether or not... Um, there, there is something going on there. It is a good news story, but good news stories don't sell. Um, you can probably bet your bottom dollar the local Chesterfield papers will be full of that. Well, they. I mean, the other thing that was really nice, actually, you know, when you do some good... I mean, you know, I can't remember who it was I was talking to the other day. Um, it might have been Tony Evans, actually, uh, after... Hmm. after. I mean, it wasn't an on-air chat. This was off-air, I think, but... 
you know, the, the, I, I love it. I, I love tribal, you know, stuff and getting really angry at the football and, and hating on the opposition. For me, that's very much part of it. But the, I am struck by the irony of it, which is, you know, and I think this is what opposition view has proved to us all in the last year or so that we've been doing it, that there's much more, uh, we have much more in common with these people from opposition mm-hmm. teams as supporters than we do that, that that divides us in a way. And I mean, really, the real the real enemy in my book perhaps could be and should be the people who don't actually like football because they're mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> they're yeah. not like us at all. Right. It's just that we happen to be on different sides that we, we have the enmity. But actually, we, yeah. we do agree on a lot more than we disagree well, about. I think we've said this before. You will, you will often, uh, and I'll have a pint with... I've got, you know, one of my best mates down in France is a, is a Spurs supporter, right? Well, there are we limits, rarely, Tone. There are limits, we, come on. Yeah, we rarely ever talk about football because he's exactly like me in that the only the only football we tend to watch together when we're down in France on holiday is England, right? Or laughing at us. He tests watching Spurs on television because he just loses his, his shit. And I'm exactly the same <laughs> about Chelsea, Right. You know, and so we have this kind of tacit agreement that if 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 either one of us are playing, we might well go along. You know, if Spurs are playing, I'll go along, just 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 so he's got a point of reference back to somebody who knows exactly how he's fucking feeling when things are going a bit tits up. But I, I, we'll have a pint, and we always do. You know, my mate Eamon is a Man United fan. We we will banter like the best of them during the game, yeah, and then afterwards we'll stand at the bar and have a drink. And I think that's that's ninety nine percent of. of or maybe 95% of football fans, I think, you know, like you said, we, we do realise that there's probably, we have more in common um, than we have that separates us. But um, like I said, you know, the press, the, the mainstream media, and I include the press and the TV, and they are, you know, what is a sexy story to them? It's bad news, isn't it? It always has been, you know, I've said it on here before, um, you know, the, the best the best songs are written in pain, aren't they? Yeah, broken hearts and that sort of stuff. So, I think that's just just a natural human thing. But I do get a bit fucked off with the fact that um, you rarely ever see a good news story. Mm. Don't even start me on this fucking tennis wanker. Oh no, 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 not not talking about. I mean, you mean Novak's? Yeah, Mark's (laughs) just Mark's just posted on Mixler actually a really good point that that absolutely exemplifies what you just said, Tony. Said that that we, as in the Sports yeah. Trust, wrote to the match of the day about the Stamford Bridge sleep out and got no reply back. So I think it's yeah. more, more evidence of, uh, you know... I mean, the amount of good work that this club's done uh, during COVID is remarkable yes. and absolutely... Down to even sponsoring a fucking Lancaster bomber at the RAF Museum yeah. because they have no nobody going in and it's a free museum. Like, there were so many... The, the link with crisis as well because of the spike in domestic violence cases. Uh, but no, there's never any credit for any of it. No. Yeah. JK, what have what you been... You've been uh, unusually silent. You writing your memoirs or something? Or the next <laughs> oh, next no, genius I, script? I don't know. I don't, need, I don't need to do that, Chinch. I've been listening and uh, and uh, allowing <laughs> these, these two greats of the fan cast to express themselves. I, I'm loving your background photo, JK. I had such very much. an it's, awesome uh, time with your it, daughter at that indeed, game. It was, it was such good fun, yes, because my... Um, my daughter came along with us to the uh, to the game the other day, and uh, and loves Mason Mount, and we took a picture. In fact, um, um, you took a, did you take a picture as well, Alex, of her. Yeah, was, I got the one of her where he's holding the badge out to be kissed, and she kissed the badge as oh, well. Oh, she kissed the badge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my yeah. 
my screen saver at the back here is just my my daughter hugging that enormous picture of Mason Mount in the uh, does she really on the way, think, he, does on the she think he's that big? Oh, she, she just is in love with him. We had to loiter at the end of the game until he'd actually left the pitch, didn't we? It was so sweet. Yeah, she's 12 yeah. and, and she's in love with him. And I remember being 12 and in, in love with footballers and stuff. And it was wonderful. Toda why, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, JK, what do you think about uh, Chelsea's magnanimity, bonhomie, oh, well, the, largesse? We, we've established it. We're never going to get recognised for it. Mm. So you just have to, you know, we're painted as the... But then the you thing. don't do it, do you? You don't do charity work and you don't do this stuff for the credit. So fuck them. Just no, get no, out. Of course, no, of course, of, yeah. of course you don't. But it's the same if it, it goes against the... Uh, um, the stereotype they've created, you know, it's like um, they created a stereotype for JT and just went for it. And the very fact that he was, you know, um, giving money to charity and working with and going into into the opposition changing room at the end of every game and thanking everybody and hugging them and, you know, and apologizing to if there'd been a problem or something. The fact he's a, you know, an all round good guy did, didn't fit in with their agenda. So no, none no. of these things fit in with but the. It's like Reese James did just as much as yeah. Rashford for people, for kids and stuff in yeah. um, lockdown, the first lockdown. Nobody's talking about Reese James. Rashford's got a knighthood. Just fuck them. Just yeah. do the good things and fuck them. But I, I think it's a very valid point. I mean, I, I know for a fact that the club don't do it for good PR. I mean, they just don't because I've had. To... No, I, I've held events with them where I've yeah. gone down, and the people I've taken down, for instance, the relatives of everyone who joined up at Chelsea that we found, who then died in the First World War, and their descendants were invited to be guests of honour. Remember on that the hundredth anniversary of the armistice. There were no press commitments. Yeah. It was said, Steve Atkins said at the very beginning, "Don't want any PR yeah. capital out of this. This is their day, yeah. and it's for them and their families." And they did. They didn't do anything. They're, they're very good about that and I mean actually the you know I got wind of this story when I was funny enough I didn't mention it on Friday because basically I bloody forgot which is a completely spannerish thing to do but whilst doing a bit of research about Chesterfield I, I happened upon their website and they had a, a a story on it as to what was going to happen so you know they they made a noise about it you know quite quietly in the media but they did whereas Chelsea had absolutely nothing and I think that tells you everything you need to know yeah. and I think it was really lovely actually because I think Chesterfield Chesterfield left uh left uh the match on Saturday I think their fans had a great time they felt welcomed you know they obviously had a great day out the the club obviously loved what what the what Chelsea had done for them you know there's a picture of their chairman holding the European Cup I mean it was I, I mean you know Call me an old softy, but I, I, that made me feel quite proud of the club that we can show that kind of class, particularly when we get trashed in the media and by opposition fans all the time for having absolutely none of it, when actually the opposite is true. And yeah. these clubs that say they're full of class, like Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal in particular, have absolutely fuck all of it. It was interesting to see that Twitter was covered in, in, in Chesterfield fans talking about how much they'd enjoyed the day and, what a, a, and, and how... Uh, um, uh, charitable and uh, um, munificent that everybody had been at uh, at the bridge. It was uh, it was it was nice, what a, nice to see. Supposed to be, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. All right, let's wrap that one up uh, because we we found out obviously subsequently that uh, thankfully they have the draw on a on a Sunday, not a Monday at the moment. So I know who we're playing next, and I'm absolutely delighted to say that they obviously watched uh, JK's fan bite and they they made sure the balls were hot enough for whoever it was to pick out Plymouth Argyle to play us. So JK's got his wish. 
Few. We've got a third division team. I have to say, I'm delighted too. And it was so funny. I was kind of privy to a massive uh, Twitter chat and uh, CFC UK WhatsApp group chat between some, dare I say, old lags like Smithy and Kelvin Barker and Mark, who, of course, you know, are old enough to remember when we used to play Plymouth Argyle regularly in the 70s, because it's a very retro Division 2 fixture from the 70s. Um, and uh, anybody who went down there will, will remember it well. What I can say, my own memories of Plymouth, and I know a few RG fans actually, but they had a quite a naughty, a naughty firm back in the day, and they will bring a lot of people up for that round, and they will make a racket. I tell you, it's that that'll be not for the faint-hearted, I suspect. And they're apparently they are they are currently sixth in League One or in Old Money Division Three, so they're they're kind of in the playoff positions at the moment. So. I mean, we should breeze it, but you know we've got to be at it. I think, Tony. I think so, I, I, and and there I, I see it very much in the same light as Chesterfield, in that you know they'll they'll come up, they'll 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 try and give us a game, they'll have a a, a great day out. I've no doubt they'll bring a a, a hatful of um, uh, raucous, excited um, fans as well, um, and I think then they're they're a club that have they've not. They've not been free of financial troubles in the past, I think, and and stuff like that. So they're they're kind of in that old school clubs that you remember from a kid because they play in that um, oh I think rather attractive kind of dark green and white, don't they? I, I love it. I've always loved that kit. Yeah, always lovely, lovely kit they've they've got. And um, so I, I I think it's I think it's a great draw for us because um, I was sitting there watching the the, uh, the draw with my me, me son-in-law praying that Liverpool would pull City out there and whatever you say, that would knock another one of the the, 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 the big boys out, if you like. Um, uh, but, you know, when you look at it, I, I, I think this is probably one of the first years for some time, and, and maybe it was COVID, maybe the last two years because of the COVID disruption or whatever, where I've actually really enjoyed this round of the FA Cup and then sat there, you know, praying for a, a, a Kidderminster versus West Ham draw. You know that's that's the stuff of dreams, isn't it? You know, and uh, I think it would have been lovely if we could we, if we'd have got Kidderminster or someone like that away. I would have Boreham Wood. That would have been fantastic. That you know, because that that for me is 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 the whole essence of this this competition. I don't look at it as a banana skin. I look at it as you know, it's a fantastic way for the big boys to 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 reach into the the, the lower leagues and and kind of spread some of the joy around a little bit. You know, um, but Plymouth. Um, I think it's a great draw and I'm I'm really pleased that we've got it mm. you know I would have been less pleased with somebody like Middlesbrough I don't know why yeah, just you well, know it's always, well we always... played them a lot I, I, I think it's always yeah. I mean I don't know what Alex feels I mean I, I always think it's really great to play a team that we either haven't played before or we've hardly played or certainly haven't played in recent memory and Chesterfield obviously we haven't played since 1950 and Plymouth we haven't played since 1989 I'll talk to JK about that in a minute but uh you know, my only regret really is that we don't go down there because I quite like to play these t- teams away to a ground I've not been at. But I'd settle for it at home. So, what what do you think, Alex? Yeah, novelty value all the time. It's not about an easier fixture; it's about novelty. Yeah, definitely, that's that, Alex beautifully put. I couldn't have put it better myself. Now, J.K., um, I would imagine you would have. I mean, I, I would imagine you weren't there when we first played them in 1921. Uh, I was a twinkle in my mother's you, eye. You might have seen them in 1962 when we played them at home. Uh, the first time we played them at home in the league in Division Two. Yeah, I was definitely there for I that. Thought you might have been. And then we played them a lot in the 70s. Uh, we played them in the League Cup in 71. But then 
we were in uh, League Division 2, 75, 76, 77, uh, and uh, 70, no, that was a League Cup. So we played them four times in Division 2. Were you, were, do you remember those? Uh, the, the home games, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the League Cup, went to all of them. And what about what about the uh, uh, the Synod Simod Cup in 1988 when we nobbled them six two? Were you there? Um, I fear I would have missed that one. Yeah, you didn't like the old Simod Cup games, did you? Remember no. from, I remember from the Fifty Years series, you used to swerve those. I thought it was a, a, a fake competition. Think, all those. Kind I think of we things. might have had about I don't know four or five. We had a very low attendance for that. Mark, well, Mark, you're on on Mixler. How many did we have at the Simod Cup six two? Was, I was one of the I was one of the non attendees. Yeah, I reckon maybe about ten thousand, something like that. Not a lot. Uh, the last time we played them was in nineteen eighty nine, back in Division Two, when we went down for that year. And I do know for a fact that we won uh, one nil thanks to a Kerry Dixon goal. So there we go. So that'd be great. Looking forward to that. Uh, also looking forward to part three, when of course it's time for the results of the Fannies. So don't go anywhere. <laughs> Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge, and uh, you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast with me and Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. And Mr. Tony Glover. Well, hey. And Ms. Alex Churchill. Is still off laughing at Arsenal. We'll be, be back shortly. Good. <laughs> Keep laughing, Alex, uh, so we don't have to. Although we do it with absolutely no chore intended whatsoever. Now, it's time for the fanny, so I'm not going to muck about tonight. Um, we have uh, uh, we have some interesting results. Of course, the first is the man of the match. The nominees were Kovacic, uh, Lewis Hall, obviously, and I was struggling for another one, so I just plumped for Saul in lieu of the fact that we didn't have a midweek fannies, which he would have probably been man of the match for because he was so good against Spurs. So that confused everybody, uh, obviously. And that's quite interesting because I actually managed to put Hudson Adoy in the in the fannies for man of the match, not Saul. So uh, one of them's wrong. I think it's my paperwork, so scratch what I just said. Makes no difference to the result. Hudson Adoy got five percent, Kovacic got fourteen percent, and quite rightly. Uh, Lewis Hall got a massive 81%. Tony, who would you have voted for? Um, I would have probably gone for Kovacic because I'm, as much as I like... You're a curmudgeon as well, aren't you? Well, no, it's a great debut, but um, I'm not sure man of the match is not just steeped in people being kind of overly sentimental. Do you know why why I agree with the nomination? Because, you know, I thought he was the most effective player we had on the pitch. You know, because thought, he he had three assists. Yeah, but I still love this this post COVID, post injury Kovacic that's come back is an absolute fucking beast. Definitely uh, of a player, and I absolutely we saw so, we we saw it. We didn't see it under Sarri, but we saw it. And you know, and, and I remember the the lads in the uh, in you know where I am in the Matthew Arden upper, and one bloke pissed off his face singing about how Kovacic was the fucking man. How he told me to fuck off. He told his dad to fuck off and came to It was a fantastic song, uh, and I've never heard it sung on the terraces. And we were standing there bemused, thinking, "What the fuck? What do you know about this geezer?" But honestly, I think he's on his day. He's he's an absolute beast. So I'm I'm still sticking by Cover. No, that's fair go. enough. As, as is your right, J.K. 
Um, bizarrely, Kovacic's very first game for us, I can't remember who it was against, he was fantastic. And he was then, um, he never never displayed any of that brilliance uh, again subsequently. But as you say, um, he's done it in spurts since. I think he was he was very, through um, the contributor to us winning the, the, the Champions League last year. I thought he was great. But um, I thought his first half performance against, once again, I, I emphasise a National League side was brilliant. Um, but um, just for sentimental value, absolutely the same. I would give it to Hall because of his, uh, um, it being his debut and his, um, the fact he did have three assists and looked uh, and didn't put a foot wrong. Yeah. So I think for a 17-year-old de- uh, debutante, that was absolutely brilliant. So he, he, he gets it for me. Good on you. Alex? Uh, I'm going with my smart body. Tony wasn't playing, Alex. <laughs> no, I, seriously, I'm going with Kovacic. I just think in the last 10 days, it, he's been phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I've got no, no argument with that because I think he's been brilliant, but uh, I agree with the, the people. I went for the sappy vote last time and gave yeah. it to Saul just to wind up. So I'm be serious. <laughs> that's fair wind, wind me up. It was winding yeah, it me was, up. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to be going to be a grown up this fair time. Fair enough. Well, I still would have, I would have gone for Hall. I'm, I'm with the people on that one. Uh, right. The next one, of course, is celery moment, a moment of comedy on or off the pitch or something proper, Chels. Uh, interesting kind of stroke kind of weird uh, choices here. The first one, the, this, the Discord people, because the Discord people do most of the nominations of this, and I love them for it. Um, but uh, Timo's wave, apparently there was a Timo, Timo, give us a wave. Timo, and Timo, in his kind of own idiosyncratic way, waved back and uh, to much cheer. And I don't know why, but it kind of made uh, amused them. So that got a nomination. Um, Chesterfield's goal celebration, really. I say goal, but it was more just the moment of it and how special it was for them very very un uh, proper chels very not really comedic but it it it, it touched me uh, and last but by no means least uh, chelsea's uh, you know class gesture inviting their academy down and treating them as well as they did uh, i'd like to think that's quite proper chels actually because that's kind of people that we are so anyway uh, the votes were 18% for timo's wave probably the only genuinely almost genuine very poor salary moments this week i have to say uh, but that got 18% the chesterfield goal got 32% and the winner was chelsea's class gesture getting 50% uh, any dissension in the ranks yes okay yes, me too okay me too. well why I'm, am i surprised well, I, I, I would have gone for a Chesterfield goal celebration because unlike me being completely non-sentimental for the man of the match, award, I, that, I found that quite sentimental. I thought that was just a lovely, lovely moment. They had their asses kicked and they had their, they had their, they had their moment in the sun. Mm, OK, Tony. Uh, JK? I don't like any of them. No. No. Are you abstained? No, I, I go back and uh, nominate when the lino told Conte to shut up the other day. No, because this is for the uh, Chesterfield match. No, but I don't like any of them. I'm being commercial. No, me neither. Now. But I'd like yeah. to say T- Timo's wave would have been perfect if he'd missed the opportunity to wave and had actually waved in the wrong direction. Well, I think it'd be funnier if he waved and the referee called him offside. That would have been perfect, yes. Yeah. Chesterfield goal as, as a celery moment, I feel sick. Um and uh, Chelsea's class gesture, good, but it is a real celery moment. No, I, I, Jonathan, I, I said it, you know, I think it's a poor selection this week. I think I need to go with my guts. And if I'm not happy, we don't have a fanny for it. That simple. If, there are, if, there are, if they're not there, don't make it up. That's the, that's the, yeah. that's the rule from now on. But uh, talking of rules from now on, uh, last week I said, 
I've made a right Horlicks of this, choosing a bloody goal for a Guinness moment because most people don't understand what a Guinness moment is, so therefore they always vote for the goal. So what did I do this week? You I mean, put what, the goal in again. What a prick. I mean, there's just no other word for it, honestly. So, um, you know, I have my own personal favourite uh, uh, Guinness moment, which I put in, which was Cheek's uh, pass to Havertz, which was absolutely brilliant. He just pinged the ball from the right about 30 yards onto Havertz's foot, uh, who was in the, who had no, I mean, he could have, if he'd hit it first time or even one touch, bang, he should have scored. A decent striker would have done. Instead, he fluffed it up, which was no fault with Cheeks. And I, I just was, I was definitely getting moist at that one. Um, I also put in Hall's assist to Lukaku, largely because I just loved the fact that he, he made this great run and he, he then lost the ball and then he regained it and then put a really good cross in, which uh, Lukaku, you know, easily tapped in. And for some reason of madness, uh, I, I mean, largely because I did actually, you know, get a bit kind of, you know, well, I, I made, I emitted noises, shall we say, when Hudson Adoy, <laughs> when when Ad- Hudson Adoy scored the goal because I, I enjoyed the goal, so I stupidly put it in. But I, I, you, I, I, I that's it. I'm not going to put a goal in anymore. That's the last time. And I did get called out on it on on Twitter, and they were quite right to do so. Uh, anyway, uh, the votes went as follows: Cheeks passed to Havertz, probably the one genuinely brilliant. Guinness moment got 17%. Hall's assistant to, uh, to look at Lukaku got 35%. And oh, what a surprise, the goal won with 48%. So that kind of serves me right, really, JK, doesn't it? Um, I think it does completely. And um, But in actual fact, the Adoy goal was uh, uh, in old Guinness moments, I know we've agreed not to have it, was completely a ha oh, was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was, it was. It's nice well, to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm feeling better for that. Thank you. Yeah, yes. it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. I concur. And um, But as we say, really unlikely to be scored in the Premier League because the goalkeeper would have got it or he'd have been closed down. But it, it was, he needs to do more of that. He yeah. needs to be given an opportunity to do that. Adore. Yes. Doesn't yes, do it enough. Didn't take enough people on again. Um, passes back. But I think that might feed some confidence. You know, there's no. Well, we're we're always very positive easy. about people doing yeah. stuff and it feeding, and then nothing yeah. happens. We keep. We were hoping that Pulisic's goal the other day would, you know, be another start for him. But you know, once again, I feel sorry for Pulisic because he keeps being played out of position. But um, so for me, Chidge, the Guinness moment, despite it not being really allowed anymore, would be a Doy's goal. Yeah, well, fair enough. As I said, you made me feel slightly better, Alex. What say you? Go on the goal. Yeah, there you go. So there we go. Uh, okay, food for thought. Uh, right, it's uh, thank you everybody who voted. Thank you for the Discord people for doing your nominations. You are brilliant at this. And I do who won it? Who won it, by the way? Oh, Hudson Adoy. Hudson Adoy. Oh, good, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight percent, JK. I was listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. Sorry, so, JK. That was that was meant to be a dig. <laughs> yes, we'll move on. Uh, anyway, it's email time now, and JK's got the first one. All I'm going to say about this one, JK, is it's a hilariously fun. I love this. It's a poem by Ian Wood, which is why you got to read it, of course, because it's a poem. But be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Taylor, why not be a sailor or a tailor? In fact, anything apart from refereeing, you can't. <laughs> it's, it's like EJ Thrib himself has written that in. 
<laughs> it should be perhaps more Anthony Taylor. Why not be a sailor or a tailor? In fact, anything apart from refereeing, you cunt. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, the voice of David Hockney there. Well done. It was. Well, done. It was. <laughs> Anthony Bennett. Like Anthony... Oh, Anthony Taylor, why not be a sailor or a tailor for anything <laughs> apart from refereeing, you cunt? Uh, yeah. I, I, well, I'm thinking uh, it's gone out of my head now. Um, I had it a minute ago. Oh, I'll forget it. I mean, I'm just it's just brilliant. Ian Wood, you're a very, very funny and very naughty man. Thank you for sending that in. Funny and naughty, wonderful combination. Yeah, I like funny, funny and, and naughty. naughty. Uh, I was yeah. I was thinking when I said to JK, be careful, I was thinking we might get a you Gareth, but oh no, JK went all yeah. in. I knew he would. <laughs> I knew he would. I knew he would. Anyway, email. I saw it written. I know. I written but because you are basically like Anchorman, aren't you? You know, yeah, you are Ron Burgundy, aren't you? If I put it in front of you in paper and pen, you will read it out. If you'd written Gareth, I'd have read Gareth. Yeah, I know, I know. I also just want to say that when he had his glasses off, and now he's taking his glasses off, and you you will get this one, uh, Chidge, maybe. JK definitely will. You are definitely, definitely uh, echoing Roger Delgado when he was the master. <laughs> when he was the master. He is, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's right. I've just suddenly got like a really scared six-year-old hiding behind the sofa. <laughs> moment. Don't do that face, JK. It scares me. No! Get <laughs> out with you. Right. Anyway, the second email is from uh, is from Chip. Uh, Chip Kettelar. He says, Hey, Chidge, kiddo, and all of my friends on the fan cast. My name is Chip Kettler. I've been a Chelsea fan for 15 years, living in Dunlap, Illinois, USA. Well, near well, with that name, where else could he come well, from? Well, indeed. Uh, near <laughs> near Pope Peria, I would have thought, which is halfway between Chicago and St. Louis. Uh, so don't tell me. We'll meet you in St. Louis. Okay, that went flat oh. as a pancake. Uh, anyway, yeah. I've been... <laughs> Just... fucking it's because it was a bit shit, Chip. Okay, it was a bit shit. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, I remember I did the same gag on the lovely Clifford uh, Crivello, who who used to come to games with uh, us and used to be on the benches a lot, who was from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I always used to say when we had Cliff on the show, here's Clifford, it's only 24 hours from Tulsa. Hours. Yeah. And he used to get so <laughs> fucked off. Uh, not as fucked off as he as he was uh, when he, he... He went up to the uh, uh, quarterfinal of the Champions League when we played uh, Man United up at Old Trafford under Carlo. Uh, Ancelotti and Clifford uh, came back in the car with me that night and he, he was at the back uh, you know kind of trying to sleep with his head against the window which I saw as I'm driving down the M6 every time I saw his head you know settling against the window I would open it because I had it was I'd hired a car so <laughs> I had like you know control, control over every single window every time I did it I would open the window a bit and he'd like wake up like that and then, <laughs> and then we'd all we'd all laugh and then you know I'd, I, the window would go up and then you know 15 minutes later Cliff would be nodding off again and I'd do it again this happened all the way down on the M6 he didn't learn you know anyway little things and all of that yeah so um where was yeah. I Poor old Chip. Sorry, my friend. Right, I've been meeting li- him at St. Louis. I've met him at St. Louis. It all went very, very well. Anyway, I've been listening to the fan cast for years since she had the TV show. That's almost 10 years, Chip. Well done. And I look forward every week to listening to the previews and reactions to the matches. Being so far from the club in the USA, your group serves as a personal connection to the club and the match day experience for me. Thank you for your years of education, entertainment and connection. I like that. That's quite Rethian, isn't it? Uh, if he if he had said information rather than connection, I think we'd have been full on wreath there, JK. We quote, we could quote that, couldn't we? Yeah. Chelsea yeah. fan cast. Education, entertainment and connection. connection. Yes, there we go. I like that. That 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 should be the new the new kind of promo. 
Yes. See how many how many listeners we could lose with that one. That'd be I'll hilarious. Do it in black and white. Yes. We get some scratches on the audio. Perfect. There Absolutely perfect. Talk sport, eat your heart out. Anyway. I'm sitting here at work listening to the Liverpool Review Show and preparing for a first Caribou Cup uh, semi-final leg against Spurs later today. What prompts me to write to you today is that this Monday, January the 10th, my 20-year-old son Jack flies from the USA to Madrid, Spain, for a semester abroad at St. Louis University, Madrid. I've raised him correctly to be a Blues fan, and one of the things he's most excited about the semester is the opportunity to be in the football-loving society of Europe. Of course, he could not spend three months in Europe without making a trek to England to see the bridge and hopefully make a match. Right now, he's scheduled to be in England from April the 7th to the April the 10th or 11th. Looking at the fixture list, the boys are away to Southampton on April the 9th. He would love to be able to make his way to a match. Uh, or to this match. My question to you is what is his best way to go about getting a ticket to this match and to travel down to Southampton from London and back? I would appreciate any insider and local advice you can provide. Thank you in advance and keep the blue flag flying high. Chip Ketelar. I will drive him down there myself. Yeah. Well, he's, well, I mean, actually, you know, to, I mean, number one, getting a ticket, which, you know, as this season, Chip, for away tickets because of the way the club of, uh, rejigged things it's like you know trying to get hold of some rocking horse shit it's really mm. hard um we know a few people we might be able to help out although i can't promise but um you know away tickets are really not easy to get hold of and i have to say the southampton game is a is a fixture that a lot of us love to go to because it's not far from london and it's a good trip out the pubs are already good uh la 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 it's almost it's all it's always my favorite away game because it's not really and an mine, away... because, well uh, uh, mine always used to be portsmouth because obviously that's even closer to me but they're not in the division yeah anymore. for you and me tone it's not really an away game which I... is part of part of the fun of going down there i've been known to get very drunk at the southampton away match yes. um so yeah i mean getting a ticket is not going to be easy but chip you know keep hold you know keep badgering me and reminding me and, and we'll see what we can do the other bit might be easier because actually most of the Chelsea fans I know get the train down from London Waterloo. Uh, it's about an hour and 20 minutes from Waterloo to Southampton. It's about uh, it's not far to walk to the ground from there. Plenty of pubs that the, the Chelsea fans go into um, and uh, you just get the train back to Waterloo and Bob's your auntie. Um, I, you know, I tend to get on at Winchester and join everybody from there, which for me makes it a 15 minute trip one way and 15 minutes the other way, which is joyous. But uh, getting there is not not hard. A lot of people might drive down and, you know, again, you know, keep in touch with us and we can, you know, maybe hook you up with some people to get down there if they're driving. But honestly, as a, as a train trip, it's an easy one. And that's why so yeah. many people love going. The biggest issue will be getting a ticket. Um, but as I said, keep in touch with us and we'll, we'll see what we can do. But I cannot promise because it's really hard this season. Would that be a fair summarisation of the situation, people? Yes, very yes. fair. Yes, good. And uh, Chip, thanks for listening and thanks for writing in. Uh, last one is for you, JK. And by the way, I should preface this by saying, uh, Mark, I, apologies for this because I, I, I accidentally found this message because I think I was bored the other night. And I was trawling through Facebook and I happened to bother to look at messages from Facebook, uh, which are usually, you know, uh, spam or, or, or viruses or trolls or whatever, which is why I never bother. And then I found yours. You wrote some time ago and I thought, bugger, I should I should get this read out. So sorry about that, Mark. Mark James. Hello, Chidge. I have a question for the fan cast. I'm a fairly new listener. Don't have Mixler, Twitter or similar. You should get them, mate. Get them, Mark. I'd like to question what Kai Havertz actually is. He's the silky German. 
Um, we spoke oh. about Timo being the little man, uh, stroke small man kind of player, not very good man, and a counter-attacker. I would argue that Kai is neither. So what is he in everyone's opinion? He isn't a target man. He isn't a counter-attacker with electric pace. So how do we best utilise him in our team? I do think Timo is utter shite. Hooray! So in terms of our attack, we have Lukaku, who's an obvious target man, and we have Kai. How does he fit into our attack? I love the conversations about Chelsea. I walk the dogs and go to the driving range to listen to the show. I go to the loo. I only see Chelsea a couple of times a year. My most memorable game is being at Chelsea Napoli in 2012. Whoa, hey! When Branny scored that goal. One of the great games. <coughs> Please keep the fan cast going for as long as you can. Oh, that's, that's kiss of death, that is, isn't it? It'll be... And um, we see like you said that, and Tony's coughing his guts out. Doing a Bob months. Fleming, isn't he? Yeah, immediately. We're yeah, all Bob Fleming here. You're right, Bob. Um, and uh, um, interesting, oh, I, I think Kai has a he has a roving commission. Personally, I think he's um, uh, uh, he, he can be a target man. He can be uh, he is deceptively quick, actually. No, but he doesn't counter attack in that way. He doesn't. He can beat players. I think he just ghosts into positions, and he's very skillful. I just don't I don't think he's been uh, at his best recently, but I think we got um, he got better and better towards the end of last season. And I think um, and he's had covid. So I, I'm I, I think it's it's difficult to to blame him for his erratic performances. At least he's been at a, a decent level, though. Um, but no, he's not. He's obviously not a target man. He he's he works very well as the as the false nine to me because he 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 as I say he gets about. He roves about roving commission, um, and I think that's his that's his strength. Those are his strengths. Yeah, I mean, one thing I I, I would add to that, and I agree I agree a lot with what what you both said actually because we've often asked the same question on here, haven't we? You know, what what actually does he do? What is his best position? You know, is he a striker? Is he a number ten? Blah 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 blah. One of the things I'm really warming to and like about uh, about Kai Havertz is he's got a bit of there's a bit about him, you know. He, he he puts his foot in and he's he's got a bit of nastiness about him and I and a bit of fight. I mean, you know, we talked about Mount and the uh, in the Liverpool game. Havertz was winding everybody up. I mean, he was at the forefront in the Leeds game when when there was a bit of a ruck at the end with Rudiger joining in. So I think Kai's got a bit about him and I kind of like that. I like players like that. So there you go. So, um, that's it for the emails this week. Not many, but uh, all good. Uh, now, very quickly to wrap up this part, uh, because I haven't done this for a while, and it's been very remiss of me, but uh, as you all know, this season, and in fact last season, we had a what they call Prem Predictions League done by the wonderful Kiro, uh, and uh, the Chelsea Fancast has a league in there too, with 75 very brave players. And the story of the season so far is that JK has been abject as per. Uh, but no, excuse me, excuse I, I, me, I'm off, I'm off the I, bottom. I, 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 d- 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 I'm introing yeah. it, and then Thank we you. will okay. reveal... Okay, sorry, you know, sorry, okay, okay, okay. You know, teasers and all of that. Yeah, you know. yeah okay, yeah. I didn't want to be damned immediately. No, though. JK has been abject as per, but actually only closely followed by me, who has been almost as abject for most of the season. Tony had a... A, a kind of a week or two of madness that propelled him from being in the you know very close to me in the bottom of the table right up to very near the top which is amazing uh, and Alex has got far more sense and doesn't play uh, I, although, <laughs> although I bet you if Alex did play this she would be up the top I have no doubt no, I just that. I suck at it Chidge I do this with fantasy football as well I go yeah fuck it I'm in let's do it and three weeks in I forget it even exists yeah. and I'm like done well it's funny you should say that because now we're getting you know quite a way into the season you can see that there are a few people who are either forgetting or dropping off because 
uh, for last uh, the last time we did it, which was uh, the New Year fixtures. Uh, there are quite a few people who've registered nil point, and that is because they forgot or they've given up. And uh, the two people at the bottom, neither of whom include JK. Now, whether this is related or not, I can't tell you. But there are there are two people at the bottom, Brian Hailston and Kyle Weaving, and uh, they both. Uh, they've, no, they've not played for a few weeks. I feel that they have dropped out, as has Chad Helmick, uh, who is in 72nd place, which is great news for JK, who is currently in 73rd. It means that he, he you know, if, if the two people above you and below you are both registering Neil Puan, then maybe it means that they've given up the ghost and you can go ahead of them and you won't be bottom by the end of the season. Unless, of course, I keep getting minus points. Uh, yes. Yeah, that, if that was a league table, you, you would be in the relegation places, but yeah. you might be just, just about to lift yourself out of it. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? I, I hadn't noticed that, Chidge. Thanks for pointing that out. I thought I'd just done quite well because I've got 88 this week. I thought, <laughs> oh, great, I'm doing it. I hadn't noticed that they hadn't played, and that's why they're below me. Thank yeah. you for that. That's that really okay. is helpful. That's really helping my confidence. No, that's, that's, I, I, I prefer it as a stick as opposed to carrot, mate. Okay, it's good to know. Okay, yeah. uh, where well, does the stick go? I don't. I know it's not going. I there. think you know the answer to that. Yeah, I think I know the answer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the bottom line is, uh, I, th- I think we we I'm, I'm I try to be very supportive of J.K. because it pains me that that somebody who knows clearly as much about football as he does, <laughs> although not according to some pillock from the states who said, "Who is this asshole? For fuck's sake, we won five one." Did you see that on Twitter? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got, know. He got muted immediately. Uh, yeah. I didn't want. It, I didn't want you to be offended uh, or block him, which is. Oh, sweet of you. Thank you. I know. I got given a hard time by. Um, was it Nathan Graves Society who wanted me to talk about how good the the uh, the Chesterfield centre half was? And I was mad temp- Gav. That was yeah, mad Gav. I, or was it mad Gav? It was, was mad it? Gav. I was tempted to reply. Um, actually, it, it's a Chelsea fan cast fan oh. bike. But um, I thought no. Exactly. You can't do I, that. Nathan's a oh, you've just guy. scared the crack out of Bertie <laughs> doing that meow. Look at him. Oh, wow. Oh, what is going on, man? <laughs> Shut up with the meows, man. Anyway. For <laughs> he those thought of... another cat had got in. Oh, poor Bertie. Good impression, though, Good impression. Fast asleep. I, 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 I Look found, at his face. I found my niche. You found your niche. Cat oh. impressions. Oh, the poor rigor. Bertie. Anyway, so I do, I do hope that J.K. gets off the bottom. I really do. Uh, now to to go through this very quickly because time is running out. Uh, of the fan casters, Dean is in fifty third place. Uh, now, oh, here, hang on, breaking news. Now I remember why I wanted to talk about the Prem Predictions League uh, this week because your uncle Chidge has been languishing very close to J.K., keeping his old mate company down at the bottom of the league for most of the season and having an absolute Western supermare of a season. Uh, now there are the, what you don't know is that actually on the website there are two pages. The top fifty are on one page, and then if you're shit like me and J.K., you have to actually go to the second page to find out where you are. So there's a bit of a competition within a competition to see who can get off, off on you know go off page two onto page one. And I have to tell you, people, I have finally done it. I am off page two, and I am now on page one because I'm in forty third position. I had a very good December, so there you go. Uh, Mark Meehan's in 32nd. Tony Glover's in 19th. So Tony's uh, had a bit of a, you know, you, you've kind of had a bit of a dip and then you come back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all about, you know, it's timing, mate. You, you can't you can't decide this in January. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, Dane Whittle is in 17th. He's done very well. And then Martin Wickham to race back up again and he is in 5th. Marco Worrell is in 4th. So we've got, we've got, you know, two fan casters in the top five. I like that. 
a lot. Uh, the leader is still, as he has been through the entire season, the absolutely fantastic Luke Withers, uh, who's a good 200 points ahead, actually. So there we go. Well done, Luke. Uh, the uh, ex-players that we got in the league, Canners has been a bit naughty. I keep you know, not being able to get hold of him, so he slipped down to 67th. Pat is on uh, equal 53rd with Dean Mears. And Kerry, bless him, is who's taking it very seriously, I have to tell you. He is in 37th. So there we go. Equal with Oscar Taboda. So there we go. It's all great fun. The, the performance of the week, I should mention this, is from Jigs. Jigs CFC. He's currently in 70th. He's, he's, he's joined the league after about uh, 11 weeks had gone. So he's not been playing long. But he got a whopping 168 points last week so he did very very well so well done for all of you who play it's great fun it'll be back this weekend so don't forget to get your predictions in for friday right we're going to have a quick break and when we come back we're going to have a quick look at uh, wednesday's match against spurs in the caribou cup real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got the wonderful, uh, the ex-Stanford the Lion, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Yes, that was an era, wasn't it? Yes. Is that a picture of you in the Stanford the Lion kit? Who knows? Uh, do you know what I love is that your daughter, until we told her the other night, did not realise that you were the first Stanford the Lion and you no. actually were cool in her eyes. Isn't that weird? I'd never, yeah. it never occurred to me. I never told her that. Yeah, I think that is me. Yeah, I think it is because I'm heading towards the goal. I think somebody took a picture because the, the one that came after me just wandered up to the centre circle because um, he couldn't walk very well and uh, and uh, held with, with holding the mascot's hand, waved blue as the colour and then walked all the way back shaking hands with the players, whereas I attempted to rush down the pitch, salute everybody, kick the ball in the goal. Looks to me as if I'm en route to the goal, actually. So uh, I think that's me. However, I am wearing the costume, so who knows? But it's about, it's my era. That's the costume. This is a picture, by the way, everybody at home on my uh, uh, on my background on Zoom, a picture of, the, uh, of Stamford in his early days with his big comedy boots and his hook and his hooks and eyes. No such thing as Velcro. Um, uh, yes, yes, yes. Are we looking at the team? Now? No, not yet, because I've got to reintroduce Tony and Alex. Tony Glover and Alex Churchill, the smart buddies, are also with JK and I. Yay! And two Berties. Yes, uh, with two Berties, indeed. That sounds like a, a kind of a rhyming slang or something. But anyway, um, <laughs> what I, 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 I basically, I've been informed by the wonderful Daryl Middleditch that, in fact, the Prem Predictions League is back tomorrow. The remaining week 21 games which were postponed so that's Southampton versus Brentford tomorrow night uh, Everton and Leicester's been postponed again so there you go but uh, yeah get on it tomorrow people we don't want you dropping points unnecessarily so Tony JK be warned get him I think in I've done it have I done it or has it reappeared just for one off I don't know I'll look at the site I haven't but there's a chance you can amend it if yeah and all of that Anyway, yeah. yes, uh, we're, we're looking now uh, at the uh, the second leg of the Caribou Cup semi-final. We're uh, going up to the new White Hart Lane on Wednesday. This is my um, my feelings for the team, OK? So Kepper in goal, obviously. Uh, Rudiger will be back. I think Silva will be back as centre in the, in the middle. 
and Christensen will be on the right. Alonso as the left wing back, Jorginho and Kovacic in the middle because I think Kante will be rested for City. Uh, I think I think Aspilicueta might start as the right wing back rather than the other suggestions, which would be, I suppose, Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi. Uh, so I'm sticking uh, Aspilicueta there. Up front, I'm thinking Mount comes back, obviously. Lukaku starts, obviously. And out of the others, i.e. Pulisic, Ziyech, Hudson-Odoi, to name but uh, three, I'm Werner, I think, will get get the run. But I could be wrong with that because he played most of the game against uh, Chesterfield. So you might find that one of the others came on. But they all kind of played. So that one's a bit of a conundrum for me. But I'm thinking, I don't know why my guts tell me Werner. So that's what I'm going for, JK. Um, I would agree completely. Other than uh, I think he'll play Zayek instead of Werner. Yeah, it's a possibility. You know, much as it pains me he, to say. He seems to give um, Zayek more of a go at the moment. I think Werner will come on during the game. I'll tell you why... Yeah. I- Sorry, go on, go on. No, no, yeah, you, you. Well, yeah. I, I, the reason I thought Werner, and I mean, maybe this kind of gets us more into the what I think will happen. You know, it, it, you've got to look at this game as a game of two halves, really, haven't you? So we're 2 0 up at half time, which means, but it's a bit different than that because it was obviously it's a new match. So, you know, Spurs have got to score, they've got to come out, they've got to have a go. So they can't do what uh, Conte likes to do, which is to counter attack sides. This is Spurs' problem at the moment. He's, you know, he wants to, you know, he wants them to be a counter because that's all he knows. He plays, you know, three, four, two, one. Uh, you know, he likes to to counter attack. So that means that they will have to attack us, and if they attack us, they will leave gaps which we can exploit and counter attack them. So that's why I thought Werner might get a go because, you know, if you want somebody to exploit holes in the back. Uh, through a ball over the top, Werner is your man, really, because he's got pace to burn. That's why I thought Werner. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Because then also, Werner that would then be running onto anything Alonso or Aspilicueta can provide. Uh, so yeah, it's a good point. It's so good there point. you go, um, Tony, Alex, you agree with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I I just be honest. I don't care who plays as long as we fucking destroy them. Yeah, yeah. there is that. <laughs> it's I think, always that. I, I agree with the Werner thing as well. I think because um only from what I've been sort of rumoured or, or whatever that, that he, he did cop COVID quite badly. Um and mm. so you want to play these players back in because obviously the worry is from anybody who gets COVID is that they might have either long COVID or elongated effects afterwards or whatever. Um uh, and I think that's exactly the good point. I don't think there's a defender in the Spurs team who will, who will get anywhere near him if he's on his full pace, right? Which is, I always said right from the beginning of the season, I like the idea of the Werner Lukaku Mount triage or, or, or whatever at the front, you know, that that whole triumvirate, that's the word I was looking for, of, of having those three at the front because those two players can feed Lukaku. And I think that was something that was just building when Werner and Lukaku got injured in the same game when we lost them for six, eight weeks and then. You know, we've we've had a pretty traumatic um, time injury-wise. This, you know, probably one of the worst I can remember for a few years. Um, so I think that that would work. I quite like Zay. Actually, he seems to be showing a little bit more gumption as of late in the games I've seen him in, and he seems less sulky. Um, he hasn't gone to Afcon because he had he fall, he's fallen out with the Morocco uh, hierarchy. You asked about that. Sorry. 
I was going to ask about that. Yeah, he, he fell out of the, the, the Moroccan hierarchy, and I think he told the Pope it. And then when they said, no, no, we really want you to come, he said, no, Pope it. <laughs> That's the impression I got. Um, uh, and, and, was, and we could benefit from that, I think. So, um, again, he looks like a confidence player, as does Werner, I think. Once they get a few games, and it has been so stop-start this season, so I'd be happy with that team going out, because I think, as you said, Spurs... Have, they've got to do something. They they weren't abject, but they weren't great. And and that's I thought they, they were absolutely they were, awful, mate. They oh, were yeah. abject in the first half. They were terrible. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. People say that, but you, perhaps we made them that way. Yeah, yeah. True enough. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other interesting thing to consider, you know, whoops, team wise as well, is that we have got Man City on Saturday on the early kickoff at half twelve, and that's going to be tough as hell notwithstanding the fact that we've still got players coming back from injury who might be exhausted. I mean, I think it's really good that a lot of players got a decent rest over the weekend and that will help. But I do wonder if he might select a team with City in mind uh, on the Saturday. I mean, I I, I really don't think he'll start Kante. He's got to save Kante for City. Um, But I I wonder if he might think about resting Jorginho and maybe play Saul, you know. Mm. I, I do wonder if he might, or he might not play Silver, of course, because... You know, he wants him for City. So I, I wonder if there might be a bit of, bit of that that we'll see. Who could he play instead of Silver then there? Well, that we're, we're a bit... Does he play Saar? Does he play Star? He's been playing well. We, he could play Saar. Uh, I don't think Chaloba's probably match fit. Not fit. Not no. fit. So no. Chaloba's still out. Uh, Christensen's still coming back from injury, but I've got him in the side as the right. But, I mean, he could play centre and Aspie could play right. And then you have Pulisic playing as a right wing. Yeah, he again. could play the three there, couldn't he? And then play... Um, uh, or even a, a doy, but a doy doesn't. Neither of them is is great as a as a wing back. I mean, he could play, uh, you know, four at the back again. Four at the back again. What surprised yeah. us the other week, which which changes yeah. it. I've gone for the three, but uh, you know, he could easily do that. So it's it's. A, I think that's the element of doubt in my head because we've got City coming up on the Saturday as an early kickoff, and I, I think I, I can't see that 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 uh, Tuchel like us perhaps, will have really given up on, on, on aspirations of the title and, and beating City will certainly help that cause. It, it, it would certainly prolong the agony perhaps, but uh, I can see him, you know, really not wanting to put a strong team out knowing that he's two goals up against Spurs, you know. I mean, this is the thing, you know, we, we could draw nil-nil, we could draw 1-1 and we still go through, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just need a draw really. So it's going to be, I mean, the reality for me is this. For me, this match is all about the first goal. If we score the first goal, it's game over. They're not coming back from 3-0 down. If they score the first goal, they're back in it big time because it's only 2-1. And then it's, you know, it, the game is on. Uh, is, is away goals a factor in I this? I don't think so, Tone. I, I didn't think. I was trying mm-hmm. to remember which competition it didn't be. I don't but... think it happens in the Champions League anymore either. They I think, think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they, they've, they've scrapped it, haven't they, I think, as well in that. which is you know, So it's, it's, it, if, it, if it ends up as 2-all, then it goes to penalties. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, or if it ends up as three all it goes to penalties i think no that wouldn't be that no well i don't i don't know i don't know no, we'd, we'd have won uh, five three if that yeah, was the case exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that's yeah. right so bottom line is either way if we score first i think it's game over if yeah. they score first it's game on so uh yeah. we need to score that first goal don't we alex we do indeed. JK and I sat there and lamented as we stuffed our faces with pick and mix. We lamented the lack of a third goal in the first half. 
Mm. Because um, that would have actually really buggered them right up then because they just would have had to kitchen sink it. And now they don't. Now they can kind of sniff around um, and try and get that first goal and shake us up, which is annoying. I mean, there is some good news on that front, which is one they were, if you thought they were woeful uh, when we when we played them, they were equally woeful playing lowly Morecambe, who they did beat 3-1 in the end, but they had to bring on Kane. And the other the other thing is is that uh, that Son is out, which I think is very good news for us. Yeah, yeah. It's not because we don't have to watch him rolling all over the floor well, every time someone lays a finger on him. True enough, but he's also a good player and he's done damage to us in the past, particularly to Alonso, if you remember. Mm. So yeah. that's good news that he's out. So that fills me with a little bit of optimism. But uh, what are you going to go for, Alex? Score wise, um. A complete car crash of panic in which we prevail. Put a number on it. 3-2 on the night. 3-2 on the night. Oh, my God. Uh, Tony? That will, I will have a heart attack if that happens. Tony? 1-1. Uh, 1-1. Yeah, I think that's quite a shrewd, shrewd uh, pick, actually. JK? 2-1 to them. 2-1 to them? Mm. Oh, that that's absolute, you know. It's interesting because I nearly went with that because I think that Conte, means three two in the end. That's why yeah, I, I think Conte will, will be would have been seething at their at their performance because that's not what you expect really from 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 a Conte side. And uh, so you know, he 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 may well have been snapping at some heels, but um, I think we've got enough about us. We put a team out like that. I think we've got enough about us to to hold them at bay and, and, and nick a goal. And then, like you said. That's that, isn't it? Then, you know, we'll we'll win. I won't say 2-1. I think that's ridiculous, really. I think we'll win. As you say, I'm, I'm swayed by you, Tony. I think it it's too good a side. So. Yeah. I mean, if they if they start that game, uh, play that game with the intensity and the speed of ball that they'd played uh, last Wednesday, then, you know, I mean, I think Tony, I think it was Tony, made a really good point. It wasn't that we were so good? It was that. that Sorry, it wasn't that they were so bad, Tottenham. Yeah. It was that we were so good they couldn't live with yeah. us. They didn't know yeah. what to do. Conte didn't know what to do either. I mean, we just blew no. them away effectively. So Oh, Aston Villa have just scored. Yeah, so I see. Yeah. So is it one all? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I think if we play like we did last Wednesday, uh, we're looking at the same result. Personally, I think we will win two one. I think uh I think that we will score first and then Spurs will score, which will give them a bit of hope, and then Marcus Alonso will score the winner deep into yeah. the second half just to piss them right off. Yeah. Oh, he enjoyed fucking with them last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he hates them. He really does. He loves playing against <laughs> them. So there you go. Well, uh, let's hope that that is, in fact, how it pans out because uh, I think Thomas Tuchel, he's got an, uh, I think he's, he's won nearly every semi-final he's been in. He, 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 likes, he likes to get to finals. Uh, and he likes to win trophies, and it would be lovely to get an early trophy because I think, I mean, not that we need need the pressure taking off, but if, I think getting an early trophy always does. And uh, I love well, us winning trophies he's up against a lot of adversity, hasn't he? That he is has. in his court. So yeah, he has indeed. I mean, I don't know about you lot, but for me, I mean, I I have this actually saved onto the favourites uh, favourite websites of my phone, and no, it's not what you're thinking. Um, it's uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, typically I can't find it now. So history, is it that one? No. Oh, I know what it You've is. You've got very little faith in what we think. Villa's goal might be about to be chalked off. Um, yeah, basically, here we go. I've got it now. My football facts and stats. I have this on my phone at all times because do you know what it is? It is, it is the uh, table 
of the total, hang on, as it, as it says itself, I should read it out, uh, the all-time English football trophy winners from 1871 to, to 2021, as it is now. Um, so there's a list here, which Chelsea, as you know, are placed in fourth behind Arsenal, who have won 30, and above Man City, who have won 22. I have that with me at all times because I, I want to live long enough to certainly pass Arsenal, which is within reach. Whether we get to 42 and 43, which is Liverpool and Man United, is a different thing entirely. But that's I have that with me at all times. So I don't care what trophy it is as long as we win it. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. there we go. On that happy place. Mourinho as well. In that competition, Mourinho said it was it like a set of markers for the season for success. The yeah. first year he won the, the Premier, he, he, he considered the the League Cup, whoever it was at the time, um, as being critical. You know, that was your first mark of success you know, to almost give the team that flavour of saying, actually, you want more of this, yeah. you can go on from here. So you Press on from there. Yeah. Yes, Definitely. basically it that. It has indeed yeah. been disallowed and it's a shit show. Oh, dear. So it's still 1-0 to United. That's tragic. Well, it's gone off against his leg, but it kind of bobbled towards an arm that was by his side and it's just a typical ropey VAR, let's yeah. do United a favour piece of shit. Typical. On that sullen note, we've got to leave you because that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, JK and I will be back on Friday for the Chelsea Fancast preview show with Dean Mears, JK. Love it. Love it. And uh, Adam Newson from Football.London. Oh, we haven't seen him for a bit, have we? Yeah, it'd be nice he's, to see him. He's, he's tweeted tonight that we are on the verge of uh, bringing back one of JK's favourites, Emerson. Oh, well, that's going to be interesting. Well, we, we predicted that. We yeah, predicted that, though, didn't yeah, we? We, we predicted did. that. We did. We could talk to Adam about that on Friday. Anyway, other than that, we'll be looking back at the Spurs match and ahead to the massive match away to Man City on Saturday. Uh, the Chelsea fancast and Dean, who will be on on Friday, uh, his uh, show went to Mo King's Meadow, of course, are both available as podcasts on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other uh, lesser-known podcast distributors. And a uh, quick shout-out for A, all of our Patreons, who are wonderful, lovely, brilliant, generous people who donate a little bit of money to this show every month. You are loved and appreciated hugely, uh, and if you want to join that band of brothers and sisters, uh, it's easy. You just go uh, and sign up at patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no pressure. I mean, I, I, I think well of everybody who listens to this show, whether you donate or not, it's not like that at all, uh, as much or as little as you want. But if you do, uh, you automatically get to join our Discord group, which is huge fun. I mean, there's some brilliant people in there, many of whom are in Mixler tonight. So it's like a it's like a 24-7 week-long Mixler chat. It's brilliant fun. Tony and JK should get in there more often because they you, you get a lot of love in there that you don't know about because you're not in there. Oh, in, in um, Discord, yeah. Yeah, I do try and go in there occasionally. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I can't always do it when I'm watching the game and tweet. No, yeah. Well, that's, that's difficult to do, ironically, isn't it? So, yeah, you get to become a member of our Discord group automatically and you, also, you will also get sent in the post eventually by me a, a mini kerry dixon banner so a small replica of the one that hangs up at the matty harding end so there you go uh, and of course emails uh, we love getting them you can email us send a message on patreon or instagram or uh or actually that reminds me because dane sent me uh something earlier today actually and i almost forgot to read it out and at the 11th hour um i've remembered which is rather fortuitous isn't it it says it's from matt scott he says well well we've been drawn against the side who i've been to see many times having lived in Tavistock most of my life which is a 25 minute drive from Argyle 
I live a bit further away now, so I haven't been for a couple of years. We definitely won't have a problem beating them as long as Tuchel shows some respect and puts out a side like he did against Chesterfield. One thing they do have, though, is the Green Army. Green Army! And uh, they will make one hell of a noise at the bridge and will be there in their thousands. They have a fantastic following. So if anything, we need to make sure they don't outsing us, laugh out loud. So there you go. I, I, I remembered at the last minute. Thank you for sending that to us on Instagram, Matt. And you're right. So for those people who think that Plymouth Argyle uh, had no history before they became an advert for Aviva, are very wrong. They are a proper old side and they've got a massive support and they, they it'll be it'll be naughty i tell you now i'm predicting that for sure anyway i'm sorry about forgetting that but yes email uh, at chelseafancast at gmail.com send us a message on patreon or instagram or tweet we will read them out but not if you send them after sunday because that's when i do the script uh now you can follow the show on twitter at chelsea fancast me at stanfordshire jonathan at jonathan kid tony at grocer jack uk alex at cfcg wlb there we go we're there, finally. Brilliant. Alex, lovely to see you and Bertie. Love you. Good to see you, my love. Always good to I'm see you. Slightly less after you scared the crap out of him with that. I'm man. sorry, Bertie. Yeah. Forgive you. Will he forgive Chid. me? Do the yeah. catch again, Chidge. No, because it'll upset Bertie. Send him oh, okay. some dreamies. He'll get over it. He'll get it. Do you want me to do it or not? Go on, just for shits and giggles. Do you want to see his reaction? Meow. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's, oh, he's wise to it. Now. He's, he's wise to it now. He says, ah, I know, I know what you're up to, son. Leave me alone. I'm sleeping. <laughs> he's thinking bloody chidge and That's his cat like bloody chidge. If, it, if, it's, if it's not having to listen to him prattle on for two hours, the stupid prick's now meowing at me. You Honestly. know what though? He knows the fan cast setup, and Does the he? second we start, he curls up on that chair Aww. and he has a two-hour nap while Aww. I do it. Like most people who listen to it do. I think. <laughs> there you go. So there we go. Lovely to see you, Alex. As always, Tony. As always, it's magnificent to see you. Brilliant. You're on great form tonight. Well done, yeah. my friend. Even had a couple of little rants in there. It's quite yeah, nice to get them yeah. off my chest. Yeah, for sure. Always good to see you, mate. And last, but by no means least, the old curmudgeon himself, the wonderful, not Arum. so not so effervescent tonight, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. No, no, a bit, yeah, a bit curmudgeonly and grumpy still. So no, yeah. I, I love that, mate. That's what it's all about. It's human. Thank you. No. Thank you. But it's veering in and out, and also I'm very curmudgeonly at the moment because my ticket for the Spuds game hasn't turned up. Really? Yeah, I've had to send messages to uh, to uh, to Chelsea to ask what do I do if the ticket doesn't appear. Ah, because it is a real ticket. Travel at the box office window and show your season ticket, and and then they they let you in. And what, they give they you get, a paper they, one. They give you a paper one. Do they? Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get on that, mate. Because you, you you're obviously going. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, good on you. Good on you. Well, enjoy it on Wednesday, mate. I'm going to City as well next week. Are you? God, busy That's week day. for you, mate. Yeah, well, oh. there we go. Um, make sure you don't do the fan bite up there for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. And the car on the way back is the best place, I think. Yeah, so there we go. So enjoy that. We look forward to your fan bite as we always do. They're, they're getting so much love. It's brilliant seeing it. So well done, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And don't forget to send it to me by email so I can put it on YouTube like you did the other day, which is brilliant. Thank you. I will. There we go. Good stuff. Right. And uh, there we go. Lovely people. Brilliant night tonight. Enjoyed it. And uh, as for you lot uh, who have been listening as a podcast, thank you as ever. And especially those who've been on uh, Mixler tonight. Uh, brilliant stuff from you lot. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.